rolling. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, <laughs> Pretty good. We're Bye. also sponsored by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business, website design, Google Ads, graphic design, anything you need to build your business, they can help. Check them out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or on their website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. BB Digital Marketing. BB Digital <laughs> Marketing. BB Digital Marketing.com. Because UBB Digitally Marketing. <laughs> Right? Black Belt Digital Marketing. No, you BB, BB Digital Marketing. You BB Marketing <laughs> Digitally. You're doing good, bro. You're doing I mean, good. We're going to learn you yet. Very far south. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. Oh, man. Hey, you know, shout out to uh, to our friend. Hernandez Claims. George Hernandez. Hernandez Claims, yeah. Yeah, George is a public adjuster who can help settle a commercial or residential insurance claim on your behalf. Call George Hernandez today. And let the professionals help you get the most compensation possible from your insurance company. You really do need a team. I, I was I was reading that, but I just want to let you know how. Well, we need how a I team feel. to read this. No, no, you need. <laughs> I need I need some training. No, uh, you you really do need somebody to help you out and navigate those insurance waters. Yeah, I did it. I, I honestly, until I started to work with them a little bit, yeah. I didn't even know that like that was a thing. I didn't, I never understood what a public adjuster was. I did. I know that they really work on your behalf, which is to get you the most money possible from your insurance. Hey, there's the, 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 I, and I really the, do know George personally. He's yeah. an awesome dude. The, the insurance world is some murky waters, sir. Yeah. I know yeah. he's uh, he's licensed in the state of Florida and he's actually working on Texas too. So uh, I don't know how he's how that's gonna work when he expands, but uh, mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be very cool. But anyways, you could check him out at Hernandez Claims on Instagram or visit their website, hernandezclaims.com. How do which you get was these built, domains? Which was built by Black, by Black Belt Digital, Digital Marketing. Marketing. And what's their website? It's uh, it's uh, it's written right here. It's <laughs> bbdigitalmarketing.com. There you go. He the, BB the emphasis marketing. on the right syllable. Oh, dude. <laughs> I love Mike Myers. <laughs> All right. Let's not forget Sean and the crew from Flow and Roll. Hands down, the best custom gi and no gi gear in the biz. Boja. Don't believe us. All right. At least start with the designs. Visit them on Instagram at flowandroll.com or flowandroll, flow underscore and underscore roll. See, I fuck up too. Yeah. And check out all their custom designs. Their shit is amazing. You barely get tapped when you wear his gear. The, <laughs> <laughs> the designs are incredible. <laughs> and I believe in him so much that we're slowly but surely moving like our gear onto his designs. But we're going to slowly start to point the shop. For the podcast shop over to his his website. I don't know anything about so, business, but that sounds like a good move. So we got our our podcast teaser there right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working on a like a rubber keychain. You know the 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 ranked key the ranked keychains that we have. The one that I still have that you gave me. We're for gonna Florida do. Roll? We're gonna do. Would you, it's gonna be the rubbery jujitsu full full color logo uh, keychain. Like I'm still, yes, I got yes. it. Show the camera. Not hey, me. I, I know got what it, it looks like. Y'all. So uh, we're gonna Milton do. Milton gave this to me when I got promoted. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm saving a purple one for you too. I think I, I think I still have That's it. That's never coming. Yeah. I'm just waiting for. I'm just waiting for the next reason I have to go to another gym. I'm a. <laughs> I'm a. I'm, a, I'm superstitious, so like never give something like the next color to somebody or buy it yourself. Uh, you I know, bought the brown belt thing and I blew out my name. So I bought a, 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 a brown rash guard yeah. and I blew out my name. So I. I I uh I I have a a flow and roll blue belt 
that has my last name on it, which mm-hmm. takes up most of the belt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't fit me anymore. Mm-hmm. So so I actually I put it on my wife. I was like, baby, if you keep training, you know, you get ah. to. And it and I put it on her, and she was looking at me like the whole time I was putting it on her, and. <laughs> She was like, you look really proud right now putting this on me. Uh, And then I took it off and got all sad. She's like, you know, I'm never going to get a blue belt. And I was like, is she trans? Is she still? No, it's, it's, do you know what, man? I am not pressing the issue. Yeah. But she goes to train or she's just like, no, she's back to her, to her thing, you know, but she like really likes the girls. She likes the girls for sure. She likes it. It's just, it's just too much. We have a very busy schedule actually in my life, you know, between the kids and yeah. And she's got stuff. All right, so back to Flow and Roll. Check them out. Um, they've got, if you go to their Instagram, you're going to see designs for academies all over the country. Mm-hmm. So go check out what they're doing. I'd even encourage you, he's always reposting, like, the academy. Ask the academy what they think of the gear. Like, if you're an academy owner or you're in, charge of, if you're in charge of uh, purchasing for your gym or trying to find your task with trying to find another, a gi, a gi, uh, or a custom gi and no gi yeah. company, message one of those other companies. Guarantee you, 99.9% of the time, those guys have nothing bad to say. They're super happy. Yeah. Their rash guard, I, I tout his rash guard because the rash guard that I have of his now, I'm still waiting for the little fuzzies to come out. They're not coming. They they, they haven't come yet. I'm just like, yeah. this is like amazing. I also like that it's got like a little... A little like a like a rubbery elastic along yeah. the bottom. It's not, not even elastic. It's like a band. Yeah. Yeah. So Tommy does that a lot. Um, and it doesn't come even if it comes up to my waist. It doesn't come. No, it's above got the gel. Waist. It's got like they feel like little jellies too. So they're yeah. like the gel socks, you know. So but it sticks you onto me. you. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Check them out at flow underscore n underscore roll on Instagram. You can go to their website at flowenroll.com. If you order any of just their T-shirts or anything, T-shirts, geese, any of their yeah. accessories from the website, you get 20% off with code JJD. I know. What were you going to say? Two things. Go every ahead. five belts. You could say two. Every five belts, you essentially get one free. Uh, no, what he's I was going to say. He's not giving away. No, no, he's not giving, he's not giving belts away The 20% away free. discount is like getting a free belt. Yeah. Hey, no, but what I really wanted to say is uh, something I always keep forgetting to mention about Sean. He's, he's at the events. Walk yeah. up to him. Talk yeah. to him. Down, at least He's in Florida, su- he, he does a lot in of Florida, coverage in Florida. Yeah. And, and uh, dude, you know, you, you, you meet him, you hear his story. You know what I mean? He was able he was able to leave his job, and now he's doing this full-time. He's yeah. able to dedicate himself to something that he loves, and it really shows. He was one of the motivating factors in me leaving. Like, when I saw him, do, we had talked about it for a while. Like, you know, that, that was the goal for both of us. So yeah. For us to, you know, continue on with the podcast and do more. And then he was, you know... Yeah. Obviously trying to, to, to move flow and roll forward. And when, when he did it, I'm like, bro, I'm right behind you, man. I, I'm coming. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it too. So, you know, uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention is, you know, not just geese, not just jujitsu. He's actually been doing like wrestling singlets for wrestling teams like AIM down in uh, in the falls. Yeah, our art emotion. Down here in Florida. Yeah. You know, like he does the wrestling singlets now too. So, uh, Ooh, and again, everybody's super one. happy. I've always wanted to show want- up to an open mat. <laughs> We're gonna say, dude, Felipe Please would don't. Flip. Please don't. Let me know when you're going to do that so that I'm not there. Why not? I'm Milton Campus, everybody. <laughs> a brown belt. I'm training out of South Florida. I actually train out of Jiu-Jitsu for Life. Yeah. I haven't been mentioning the name because it was just, you know, all that craziness that happened. But I'm proudly training at Jiu-Jitsu for Life in you Cold Springs. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ or the handle for the podcast at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. I'm usually the guy that's going to answer most of those questions there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo behind the camera. Hey, Bo. Hello. 
Hey, man. Miguel riding shotgun. That's right. I love when you're here, man. I miss you when you're not here. It's not I the miss same. Me, I miss me when I'm not here, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. We, well, we actually had you. I don't know if you watched the last podcast. You were actually, you know, we, we t- you were down there. We were really small. Oh, okay. But was like, he's there. No, he's really small in the chair. <laughs> he's right there. <laughs> he's there. Shout out to Britt Tavar, our booking manager and sponsorship coordinator. She's doing an awesome job. If uh, if you got somebody that you want to be on the show or uh, somebody you want to recommend for us to have on the show, yeah. or or you want to get involved with the show, you own a business, you own a gym, you want to do something with us, we're usually going to put you, contact us through the at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies handle, and then we're going to put you together with Britt. You contact so, Britt too, yeah. All right, we ready to she'll line you up? Yeah, yeah, she'll she'll she's awesome. She's done a great job. All of the guests that you've been seeing recently, uh, Britt has 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 taken care of. Big takes job. a lot off our plate here, and we can focus on putting out more podcasts. Mm, she's a simple so, person. Let's get our next guest in here. Who is it? Ready to rock? <laughs> let's do it. All right, guys. Hey, today's guest, jujitsu yeah. black belt, MMA fighter. Yep, she's become widely known as the. As the woman who brought down Gabby Garcia, she's earned the nickname, earned it. Yeah. The Giant Slayer. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Amanda Levy. Hey. Hey, Amanda, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Is that an okay intro? Is that good? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how has, it's, has this been, is, can we call this a whirlwind since you, uh, since you uh, beat Gabby? My chair just broke. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually like initially right after I beat her, I was so overwhelmed with my social media because I went from like 5,000 followers to like 14,000 followers. Wow. And I'm like, what is going on? And you know, I'm getting all these messages. It was super cool. I had like 99 plus in my like requested inbox for like the longest time. And I was like trying to get to everyone. Cause I'm like, it was such a cool win for me. And like the fact that so many people were like reaching out and tagging me and stuff and like messaging me. And that meant a lot to me too. So I was like trying to uh, message everyone back, which I, I did. I did get everyone. And I felt very, very accomplished after that. But dude, it was so many messages. It was really cool. It was it was awesome. That's awesome of you to, just, to, to get to everybody though. Not everybody does that. I think, I think that's important in this day and age. You have to interact with people, especially if you want to thrive in this new world of social yeah. media and all this craziness. I just want to say yeah, that sure. I'm I'm guilty. I was definitely one of those. I uh, <laughs> I messaged you congratulating you. I uh, I reposted the video. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Hell I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure I woke up my kids screaming <laughs> at my TV because I watched it live, and I was like, no, no. So, well, let, so let's kind of let's take a step back though because if if people don't know, there was kind of a short bit of history there before the fight. Where Gabby didn't show up to the weigh-ins, you mm-hmm. called her out. Uh, Anna Carolina kind of like jumped. I, it, I, you know, I saw like a lot of the, the the news conference and then the documentary. They did a little ten-minute documentary yeah. on you guys too, on you specifically. But but tell everybody what happened because it really started from the press conference or or really her not showing up at the weigh-ins, right? Yeah. So um, we get there and just for like a heads up, my flight was canceled, so I was like. I made it a point to make sure I was at the press, like the weigh-ins and the press conference. Cause I, so I had to rearrange everything. I'm like rushing around. I was flying out of a different um, airport than originally planned. So I got there on time for everything. Right. So she, that was one of her excuses was like, Oh, I got delayed. I'm like, Psh, get the free yeah. out of here, dude. I made sure I got here. You did too. And, and she walked in after weigh-ins. So like casually and like right after weigh-ins. But when mm-hmm. I, we were like, like all lined up to weigh in. I'm like, where's Gabby? 
And um, Elizabeth Clay was like, oh, dude, you'll never see her in weigh-ins. She doesn't come to weigh-ins. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, that, that seems so un- unprofessional but of her. And uh, someone was like, you'll never see her step on a scale. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's why she's not here. She doesn't want people to know her actual weight. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the reason why she's not here. Got it. So it just kind of like bothered me. I was like, who do you think you are for just like missing weights? Like, where every single person is here besides you. So um, I'm like, they're doing like the rules meeting and I'm like telling my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm about to say something. And I never do anything like that. I'm so not controversial. I go with the flow <laughs> for everything. I'm a middle child, okay? Middle <laughs> child, I, I just go with the flow. And I don't know why that bothered me so much, but I, I guess probably because I knew I was going to be fighting her. And I, I it, part of me wanted but to know her. At already. that point, you already had the bracket, right? Or did, or no, no, no. no. At this point, this point, we didn't have the bracket, oh, but okay. I just assumed. I, I assumed I was seated eighth and that she was seated first and that I was going to, that was going to be my first matchup. Um, so, you know, we're at the rules meeting. I'm like about to raise my hand to ask why she didn't have to weigh in. But I just was like, all right, never mind. I'll just wait. My dad was like, dude, wait till you're at the press conference. Like, wait till you're in front of the cameras. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So they give her the microphone. They reveal the bracket. And they're like, hey, what do you think about your first match? And she like said something along the lines of like, oh, I don't really know her. Um, but I'm here to compete, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and um, they give me the microphone, and I'm like, I'm actually really excited to go against Gabby. I just want to know why she didn't have to weigh in. And she took it as like me asking her a question, but I was actually really asking Flo the reason why she didn't have to weigh in. And um, she's like, it's not in my contract. It's not in my contract. She made herself look stupid. Um, and then she basically called me like, I don't know if you guys curse on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Um, <laughs> She basically called, she called me a pussy on the thing. And um, then, like, Anna Carolina jumped in. Erin Harp, she jumped in. And um, basically, she just said it wasn't in her contract, which we found out later that there was nothing in her contract that said she wasn't supposed to what, come the way in, but whatever. So, oh, oh. sorry. So, okay. <laughs> later that night. That's two wins. Later that night, she, um, she like, messaged, like, posted like a comment on Instagram and I was like, you're not even worth my time. Like I'm not responding to you. I'll see you tomorrow. And my dad texted me like maybe like 10 minutes before I went on the match. and was like, you're going to shock the world. And I went out there, mm-hmm. did my thing. And I guess I shocked the jujitsu community for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I but mean, it, it, was, it, it was cool. It was awesome. I mean, the backstory again, if, if for those that watched it on the lead up, it was just like, ah, uh, it was like the exclamation and- point on that on that whole thing so congratulations first of all yeah thank you so i i got something to say sure sure. it it, it should it should also just be like said that that you're a jujitsu black belt you're an mma fighter i mean you're a warrior all around it the the big discrepancy here was weight yeah you gave up a lot of weight we don't actually we don't know how much weight you gave but i'm just gonna go ahead and give it the title of a lot so like that was (laughs) Well, it, it's what she's That's she's what, like two. She's six four, two sixty, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so like two sixty, two seventy. It's yeah. rumored. What she so feel I like? Think two, I think two seventy. That's what me. And my, I think my my boyfriend thinks more. I think two seventy because she looked a little sloppier than she did for ADCC. And then we heard like a rumor she was two sixty five for ADCC when she, the last ADCC when she was like actually like in in shape. Um, and like this one, she had like a a bit like a gut like she just looked sloppy she got so i'm thinking she was more than 265 but yeah, yeah. um 
yeah so i mean it was cool a super cool experience like i'll i tell everyone i'm like those eight last seconds when i like put my hands up on her back i'm like i wish i could relive that <laughs> that on replay for the rest yeah. of my life well the thing is you feeling, can you can yeah, now yeah, because right? of, you know 10 years ago maybe even and or you know 10 15 years ago it just wouldn't be like it is now and now it's everywhere and then again we said before Flo wound up doing like a 10 minute documentary on kind of like this whole thing. What was, is it uh, Amanda Levy shocks the world? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Go check that out on YouTube. Everybody. It was awesome. I watched it yesterday again. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, that's like, I know. I told my dad, thing. I'm like, dad, look, I made it. They, I have a little documentary about me now. <laughs> <laughs> Full 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so you so, talked about, you, you talked cool. about your dad a few, a few times and I've heard, I've heard you talk about him before. Uh, tell me about growing up. Your dad was like super into sports and really kind of pushed you forward in in kind of the in the combat sports, right? Yeah. So I was always a competitive kid. Um, like even like when I was like playing t-ball, I would like get annoyed because they would tell us it was a tie all the time, and I wanted to know who won. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, my dad, I think, just like knew automatically that I was just going to be like the sport, like the athlete of the family. Um, so I was always competitive. My dad is super competitive too. So he, he never really played sports. So he played ice hockey. That was, that was like the extent of it. So he loved the UFC, loved watching it. So he ended up putting me and my brother into it. And he threw me in my first tournament, like four months in, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, I lost my first match, cried, wanted to go home. <laughs> and, um, all it took was that one win. He made me stay for one more and I won my next match. And ever since then, I was like hooked on the feeling of winning. Um, so I stayed with it for the last like 13, 14 years. Um, and, you know, he definitely is like a big factor in it because he's just as competitive, if not more than I am. So every single day, like still, he calls me. He's like, okay, so what'd you do today? Like, you know, this person you're coming, you're coming up next on competition. Did you watch any of the matches? Like it's a constant. So, um, he definitely keeps me, uh, on my, uh, on my game too, for, uh, training and stuff. How, how is, when that's happening and you're growing up, I always picture the mom like, Oh, really? Does she have to do that? You know, that looks like it hurts. <laughs> like what was your mom thinking at that time? Yeah, so um, my mom hates watching it. She still does. Like, my last MMA fight, she doesn't even drink. She never drinks, but she got completely wasted. Like, she calls me <laughs> after, and she's, like, slurring her words. I'm like, you never drink. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but so it was a good balance because she's very, like, on the emotional side. She's like, oh, my poor baby. Like, mm. <laughs> So I got a good uh, balance from my dad and then my mom being, like, super supportive. Yeah. But, like, way more emotional about everything um like more sympathetic i should say and uh yeah so like when i like lost matches like people don't realize it my dad was like he's definitely one of those dads that you talk about like (laughs) that other parents would talk about for being too competitive like he got banned from coaching my softball team and i was like (laughs) (laughs) i love Um, this guy already (laughs) (laughs) and if i lost a match in jiu-jitsu he would be behind the rest table like, I could have lost to a kid who was, like, two years older than me, 10 pounds heavier than me, and just full muscle. And he would be behind the ref's table, arms folded, like, mean mugging. Just, like, di- look of disappointment and just shaking his head. Like, like I can't believe you just lost. And I'm oh, like, damn. And then I would be like, crap, I have to get in the car with him and I have to listen to him the whole way home. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you didn't battle for the underhook. 
Do you, I, I would assume, I, I, you know, when you hear somebody, you know, talk about their, their dad like that or their parents like that, like, it, you feel like that pushed you even more? I mean, obviously he's pushing you, but as an adult now, do you think that pushes you even more when you're training, when you're going into a fight, when you're going into a competition? Do you hear him in the oh, back I'm of your head, even if he's not there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like uh, joke around. I like tell him, I was like, "You're not coming to my next fight. You're gonna stay home." And he's like, "I'm not staying home." But will reality, he travel? Does, does he travel like, to come see yeah, you? He, but... he travels everywhere. Yeah, anywhere and everywhere I'm fighting. Yeah. Um, he's like super supportive. I I couldn't ask for anything any better parents for for this kind of sport. Like the the balance I have between the both of them is is really cool. Yeah, that's you, really good to hear. You got to take a little tip from her. Miguel's got two kids that train jujitsu, a girl and a boy. Yeah. And I heard you talk, uh, Amanda. I heard you talk about your father. What you did say, like he would sign you up in like your age level and weight, but then like he would sign you up in in like the older brackets as well. Yeah. yeah. So you'd go to yeah. a normal tournament where the kids would normally do their own matches in there. Yeah. In their own brackets or their own age and, and so, experience level. And you, he'd sign you up for other ones, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, when I was a kid, I did – I was 13. So, I did the kids' division, the teens' division, and then he put me in the women's division. At how old? How old were 13. you? 13. At 13. Wow. Get it. And <laughs> then he would put he – would, he would see if he could put me in, like, the weight class above my weight class or uh, two weight classes above my weight class. Yeah. Yep. Like, I, I – would get done one match and they'd be calling my name at like three other matches at other mats. So I would just get up, go to the next one, get up, go to the next one. Like not even have rest in between, just constantly going all day. In his mind, was he just like, I'm going to push you to be the best competitor? Or was there like this little thing in the back of his mind? Like he knew you were going to, he was pushing you to take this further, like to be a pro at this. Was that ever discussed or, or, or did you just feel it? Um, we just, I think we both kind of just knew that I was going to go to MMA eventually. So I think that was like his prep. His part of it was kind of just like pushing me as a kid to not only be like the best jujitsu person, but like be mentally strong enough to be able to go into MMA. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's, that's an involved father. Like my yeah, dad yeah. always, always, always talks about like the mental, like always talks to me about the mental aspect of competing and stuff like that like before it was like a real like big thing like now you hear it all the time my dad would harp on it all the time even when i was a kid like yeah. he would have me sit in the car like visualize winning would play certain songs to get me pumped up yep. like he was very yeah. like into like the whole mental aspect of competing as well as you know making sure i'm getting good training and stuff like that i i tell people not only did i quit every sport i tried i i was good at sports but i always quit like organized sports I'd play hot, like street hockey with my friends or, you know, tackle football on the grass in front of the house. Like that's what I had more fun doing than doing the organized sports at school. But one of the things that was lacking when I was a kid, I'm in my late forties. It was the, no one ever talked about the mental side or thinking positive. Like coaches just didn't talk about that back then. They didn't. And I would just like, one loss and, you know, one wrestling loss and I'm like, oh, I suck. I'm not going to be any good at this and I would leave. Uh, you know, I would want to quit or just being scared at, at uh, I talk about my sensei hit a little kid when I was doing, um, I was d- doing karate when I was like seven, eight years old. And the sensei punched a little kid that was like, probably now they'd call him like 80, that he, they would say he has ADHD, punched him in the stomach. That scared the shit out of me. 
Like, but nobody was yeah. talking to me about that. So I was like, I sprained my thumb in another sport and I didn't go back. But nobody like, hey, why? Like nobody sat me down, parents or coaches, no one, and was like, what's going on? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow, they let me quit. Good. You know, I, I'm out. You I know? had the opposite. Yeah. So yeah. I, had, I had a really good uh, wrestling coach, super nice, would always talk to you. With, he would even say like um, at the beginning when I first started, he's like, hey, man, you're dedicated. You work hard. It's just you're mentally beat when you're on the mats. You know, your first year of wrestling is. When, I'd kill on the mats at practice, yeah, and then I'd yeah, go into a match, and I'm just like... Most people are gym stars. Up, you know? it, takes, it takes an athlete you yeah. know, to go out there and perform. That's, that's the athlete side that a lot of people are missing. When, when you're talking about the top 10 of anything, they're all physically pretty much on par. I mean, there are just milliseconds in between them. It's that mental... And that mental aspect, that mental fortitude, the toughness yeah. that gets you that win. The, the, the gumption, you know what I mean? So, and but I'm like that with my kids. I started. How do you, how do you handle that, Amanda? Because I'm you don't have your dad with you all the time. What are you doing? I started to, with a mental coach. There you go. Okay. So for right before my pro debut with the PFL, um, so I'll give you like a rundown. So like ADCC, when I competed in ADCC, I was probably the worst performance of my life, and it was the biggest stage of my life, and I just like knew I wasn't mentally in it for anything like it just like wasn't clicking nothing was clicking for me i had like terrible training leading up to it like it just nothing felt like it was going good um and so when i got there too i was already mentally pretty beat up and even after that like i had competitions after that and i just still felt like things weren't clicking for me so right before my uh pfl fight in august my first pro fight um my boyfriend and my other coach were like, can you start working with this mindset guy? Like, I think you would, you would really benefit from it. And I'm like, no, I don't need that. Like, get out of here. Like, blah, blah, blah. I don't need that. And he's like, can you just please try him? Just please try him. I had one conversation with him and I was sold, literally sold. I'm like, literally talked to him every single day leading up to my flight, changed my whole perspective on competing and everything, how to, how to handle your thoughts when you're, you know, leading up to your fight, you know, what you should be thinking, how to train yourself not to think certain things. Um, and it, it was the biggest game changer. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I was like getting ready for my PFL fight, when I was like there, I was so happy, like excited to be there, ready to compete. I've never felt better in my entire life. I like recommend a mindset coach now to every single person I work with. Um, it's called wrestling mindset. Uh, they have like an Instagram. You might see it sometimes. Um, the guy I work with is Mike Moore, but, and he's been like working with like a lot of UFC fighters, which is pretty cool. Um, so it's cool to start to see how like the mental game of this is like getting, um, it, they're getting more involved with like the mental side of competing. Cause honestly you could, train your ass off for however many days in a in a training camp and if you're not feeling it or if you can't handle your nerves or your thoughts the yep. day of it, that could be the ultimate game changer i know music oh. does it for me like mu like music definitely puts me into like a certain mindset yeah like if i go to the gym i want to listen to a certain type of music sometimes if i'm going in my car to train jujitsu i'm exhausted a little bit of a headache it's been a long day i like there are certain songs that i'll put on and i'm just like oh yeah we're going to go fucking me, show somebody yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. It's, like for me, it's always, again, I just always go back to like, uh, I also did ROTC in high school and wrestling. And it's just, just being mentally like if they're, 
if if like you're tired, they're dead. You know what I mean? Like that mentality or yeah. or trusting your skills or it's just always like I like just having reinforcement and trust in yourself always motivates me. And then I don't know where this came from, but like if somebody's sucking and like you could feel like they're sucking, like you just get like the sec- do you ever get like that second win when you feel your opponent is like they they're beating themselves up and you could see it. Yeah. And it like dude, it just hypes yeah. you up. Like that kind of like recognizing like being in the moment, that yeah. kind of stuff, man, like really helps out. I so think. Tell us a little bit about that that you you did in was it 2019? ADCC 2019, you mm-hmm. got first place. Yeah. You, were you saying uh, so that that was also something like you, you you still had the nerves and you weren't you weren't mentally prepared even though you came out in first uh, place. So trials, I won the trials. Oh, tri- so trials. Like actual, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the actual ADCC, I lost my first round. So I was supposed to actually play Gabby my second round if I won my first round. Okay. So I was like looking forward to it because I I see like I saw like so many girls go against Gabby and I was always like I wonder how I could do against her. And I dude, I was so disappointed that I didn't win my first match, so I could have fought Gabby. But um, I mean, everything happens and it's right timing, I guess. <laughs> Does your I mind flash number- back a little bit to those times where your dad puts you in those brackets, like those higher brackets, and you <laughs> yeah. go against yeah. his yeah. Like, I'm ready for this. I was, I've done this before. I've been here before. I've given up twenty pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, twenty pounds. Twenty pounds. <laughs> it was it was crazy because it was like a fifteen minute match and. Here I'm thinking my cardio is going to be like way better than hers. And we're five minutes in and I didn't realize like moving around that much with someone that big, even on your feet for the first five minutes, I was already like feeling it. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, my coach goes, you're five minutes in, kid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm only five minutes in. <laughs> only five minutes in. I feel like I'm in, tw- I've been in this for 20 minutes now. Yeah. yeah. How um, giant, how giant but, was that mat? I mean, that mat was, was giant. Mad. Yeah, it's a giant mat too. Yeah. So it's not like some yeah. people, some people have the stall tactic, especially like IBJJF, run out. like they'll kind of like run out yeah. and then tie their belts a little bit. And then none of that here. Yeah. Yeah. Is it true? Number the ref, one doesn't really do the job. Is it true that like the ref is like talking smack too at, at like who's number one, like those type, like that same ref, like he's always like, come on, you got to keep this exciting. Come on, keep it moving. Yeah, like, he's, like uh, the, yeah. he's one of the best reps. I don't know his name, but yeah, I don't he know definitely keeps it going. Come on guys. We're, we're here to do jujitsu. We're here to grapple. No. Yeah. They don't mess around with that. They definitely like keep telling you, like, yo, you guys better start moving. You guys got to keep moving. You guys got to do something. Someone's got to shoot. They are constantly talking to you yeah. on the match, which is cool too. Because it's pushing the pace. Like, no one wants to watch a boring jiu jitsu match. That's why I like started liking wrestling more, like watching wrestling more, is because it's constantly a, a freaking high pace, constant go. There's no stalling. It's not boring. I'm like, damn, I wish jiu jitsu was a little more entertaining because sometimes it gets like there's stalemates, you're just like, oh, I'm watching it. Yeah. But double yeah, card. That's but, when you watch it after and you put it on fast forward. Dude, if I if I <laughs> yeah, see right. if I see a double guard pull, I was like, cool, I need to go grab something out of the <laughs> fridge. <laughs> now, is this a family affair? I think you you have a brother that trains as well. Yeah, so um we both signed up when we were kids and then he quit for a little bit. And then he re-signed up when he was like 14, 15. And then he was in the same boat as I was. Like my dad would put him in the men's division and my brother's like a thick little kid. So he was like in the heavyweight division at like 13 years old, leg locking guys. And that, and he got, in, he got like back into it when Gary and Gordon were blowing up with the leg locks and like when leg locks were becoming like super prominent. 
So he is just like a full blown like leg locker, which like I suck at leg locks. I'm okay at them, but like they're not my forte. Like they're his like his thing. Bread like, and butter. Locks. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Exactly. So um, yeah, so he does jujitsu matches. He's gonna be trying to fight next month. Um, but it is cool to have like another sibling who, you know, trains with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. So let's talk about the MMA side of things. So. You fought in the in the PFL recently, but that wasn't supposed to be your first fight, right? You were contracted to for a Bellator fight. What happened there? Yeah, so um, I was a week out from my Bellator fight. Just went through a whole weight cut, fight camp, everything. Was so excited to fight, and they tell me that I didn't pass the um, brain scan, the MRI. Like something came back on like the scan of my brain. So. I wasn't even devastated about my brain. I was literally crying like someone died because I wanted to fight so badly. And oh, I just no. couldn't believe that this opportunity was just a rip for me. Wow. And um, so I went through like this whole like depression because I went to the doctor if, before I had to get more tests and he's a neurologist. And he was like, well, if you have this, then you're never going to be able to fight again. Mm. So it's like called a Chiari malformation. So basically your spinal fluid is not reaching your brain fast enough. And, um, so I just like stopped training for like months. I was like, okay, well, I know as a person, like I can't compete. I can't do this for fun. Like I'm not a hobbyist. I need a competition. I need goals. I, I'm not just someone that can do it for fun. That's just how I am. So I just like stopped training. And then I realized, you know, how tied I was, my identity was tied to jujitsu and MMA. So that was like a big eye opener for me too. Cause I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do when I can't? I, now that I know I fight, what am I going to do after the fact when I can't, when I shouldn't be fighting anymore? Like, I'm going to have to find something else. So I started, like, experimenting with, like, you know, rock climbing and, like, trying to do other things. Mm. Um, and then I got cleared, um, like, four or five months later after, like, a, a ton more tests I had to get done and stuff like that. Um, and then I called the altar back, and they never called me back. So I was like, there goes that opportunity. It was, wow. like, super depressing. But um, then I got a call from the PFL and they were looking for a 155er. And I'm, I should be fighting at 145. I really, I walk around at 160. Like a 145 cut for me is so easy. Um, so I was like, absolutely, sign me up. So they offered me like more money and the PFL is like blowing up right now too, which is super cool. So um, I'm just excited to be fighting for them now. And plus I don't have to cut weight. So I love food. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always great. <laughs> So, like, the night before my weigh-ins, uh, I see all these girls, like, cutting weight, like, in their sauna suits and everything. And I'm going down with, like, a full steak meal, two water bottles in my hands. And I'm stepping on the scale just to make sure I'm underweight still because weigh-ins were the next morning. Yeah. And I still was. I weighed in at, like, 153. Because when I'm in fight camp, too, I'm training so much, I just, like, naturally start to lose weight. Um, so, like, you're eating clean, you're training hard, and then my weight starts to like lower. So I was actually having to eat more to try to keep my weight up. It was pretty cool. Cause that's never happened to me before ever. Like jujitsu girls are all like super tiny. They're usually like 115 or 130. So it was super cool to be like actually having to eat to make weight this time. So what, what, ha so that one, is that just a one contract fight? Cause usually right. It's like seasons and then you yeah. like, you're fighting in brackets. Were you part of a bracket and are you still, uh, no, so that was just a single fight, um, but now I'm going to be in the tournament for this year. So what at 155? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's that's 
tell everybody the the the, the big prize at the end of that. Oh uh, yes, you get to fight for a million dollars. So not only does the PFL pay you so well, like the PFL pays pays their fighters great money already, and then you get to fight for a million dollars on top of it. Like you can't even. It's just a win win. Yeah, great. that's that's <laughs> what I hear. Uh, is that the same? Is that the same weight class as uh, Kayla Harris? Yep. Okay. Yep. She'll be. She's, so in, she's in that. Brett. She's I in. would love to see that. She's in talks of whether she's going to stay there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, today, the article seemed like she's kind of like going the opposite direction of the PFL. But selfishly, I wanted to stay with the PFL because, like, I I want a chance. <laughs> like, why yeah. not? Like, if you, you got to be be the be- you got to beat the best to be the best, right? right? So that's good. Yeah, she's coming off of two. How many people? How many people will be in that tournament or that se- where they really um, call it a se- do they call it a season or a tournament really at the PFL? Um, I think they call it this, but they definitely call it a season. I know that for sure. Okay. Um, but I don't know how many girls are in it, so I'm still waiting to hear back from the PFL when I'm going to be fighting next because their first card is like in April mm-hmm. for like the um the actual t- bracket. So, uh, like I think they're doing like a contender series kind of thing um in march and then the bracket starts in april so i'm just waiting here back when i what's can, a, um when i have my first fight what's the name of the that female boxer that just went over uh to, clarissa shields is she also in your weight class yeah yep so uh, dude, that's PFL gotta be so only, fun yeah so the pfl only has a 155 division for women okay. they don't have any other division yeah so um so yeah all those girls are 155 dude this yeah. You said you like challenges and you got goals. Oh, heck yeah. You got some challenges and I <laughs> yep. hope you get your goal. Thank it you. sounds Thank like it's super entertaining for me to watch. Give us one yeah. second, uh, Amanda. We're going to shout out some sponsors. All right. So okay. we'll be right back. Thank you to DD214 Fightwear, gear for patriotic rollers. Visit their website, dd214bjj.com, and get 15% off your online order with code JJD. And check them out on Instagram at dd214 underscore fightwear. Thank you to Feito IT and AV. Specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, and CCTV. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. All of us here at the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies would like to thank the entire crew over at Flow and Roll for their tremendous support. They are renowned for their incredible t-shirt designs, and they have something for everyone. Flow and Roll quickly rose up to become the premier custom apparel provider for academies, big or small, throughout the United States. So shoot them an email about your custom order, flowandroll at gmail.com, and they'll be more than happy to get you hooked up. Check them out on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll for samples of their gi and nogi kits. And they conveniently offer flexible payment options too. Head over to flowandroll.com for more details. And while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy signature tee, now exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your online purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Special thanks to George Hernandez, Claims Adjuster. Have you experienced damage to your residential or commercial property in the state of Florida from flood or fire, storms, theft and vandalism, even sinkholes, just to name a few? Don't get stressed out dealing with your insurance provider. Call George Hernandez today and let the professionals get you the most compensation possible. 
Visit HernandezClaims.com or call 305-712-6751 to get help now. And stay in touch with them on Instagram at HernandezClaims. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to be notified every time we upload new videos. All right. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> hey. So we, 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 you were just talking about weight classes, right? And 155. There's only one. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, in, in the PFL, what my question is going to be, how frustrating it, like kind of going back to the Gabby, the, the, you know, the Gabby Garcia issues. It, it, how unfair is it that it's just like, right? It's like, oh, what is it over and under? Is it one, is it 155, 145? When it comes uh, to jujitsu training, right? It's just like you're either under or you're over. And I mean, it would never happen in the men's division, right? You're not going to fight 10 pounds heavier. And it's just like, oh, he's heavier than me. We can't possibly fight. But why are they doing this with the girls when there are plenty of women that are fighting now? I, I just don't think that this should be a thing anymore. There are plenty of women that are fighting and there should be at least the start of multiple categories, weight classes. What, in the PFL? I, or I, Anywhere, well, a, anywhere, but specifically jiu-jitsu. Well, ADCC is real bad. I think, what, there's only two weight classes yeah, for Yeah, it's ADCC? over and under. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's over and under. Yeah. And then, it's, well, it, yeah, go ahead. It's even smaller. It's 130-something and below and 130-something above, like, which is so unrealistic, right? Like, you have so many girls that are around my weight, which are, like, Elizabeth Clay, Aaron, um, Kendall's, like, 180-something. She's, like, a little heavier than us, but, like, Put a middleweight in the division. Like, put a middleweight in. So have a have a lightweight, 130 below, I guess, 130 to, like, 180, and then 180 and above it, or something along those lines. Like, yeah. you need a middleweight now because there's so many women in jiu-jitsu. There's so much more talent than there were, like, than there was even just five years ago. So it, it just, at this point, it's just so unnecessary to have small divisions. We have half. We have half the number of girls in our divisions than the guys do. They have 16. We only have eight. Um, so it's just it's just annoying to me. I hope they change it soon. I, I've said this a lot about the UFC, and I think it's probably true for jiu-jitsu as well. So when I'm watching a card sometimes, I want to watch the, the women's fights almost always better. It's like college ball. I feel like. There, there. I, I believe that part of the reason is, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, is it's like the guys that fight on the undercard on, on UFC cards or even Bellator. They have something to prove. So they, it's like, I have my one shot. I am not going to fuck this up. Mm -hmm. And they always put on, a, you know, a show. And then you get to like the main card. Sometimes it's sometimes the, the, the fights, the men's fights are boring. They're chasing each other around, whatever it may be. Not every card, but sometimes. Yeah, you're talking but about for like. The, do you feel like that's kind of a thing? Like the women still feel like they have something to prove in some cases. And those fights are just more dynamic. They're more engaging. You know, nobody's running from the other one. Like you guys are going at it. Yeah. So I think it's more of like the mentality of like fighting to win versus like fighting not to lose. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you like you get to like a higher level, like you'll see it in jujitsu when you get to a higher level, like people are afraid to make moves because they're afraid to lose instead of they're fighting not to lose instead of fighting to win. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's just like the biggest difference in the world is how how you're going to fight is if you're either fighting to win or fighting not to lose. So I, I, I'm, I get very confused with like the different the 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 different rule sets. Like I just I, why isn't it always sub only? Why is like, isn't that what jujitsu is? Aren't we trying to sub each other? I don't understand yeah. when, like, okay, let me 
let me stall to get to 10 minutes and then we're going to do a shootout and I'm going to be different. on your back. Like it's different. I, rules. I get it. Do you have like a favorite rule set? Yeah. I like sub only. Um, I just did an EBI rule set in December and I thought I liked EBI rule set, but then I hated it because the problem was like, I destroyed her the whole round and she was just, again, like playing not to get submitted. So yeah. like when you get someone who's just, goal their sole goal is just to not get submitted and just to stay tight so positionally i just dominated her the whole time mm -hmm. and then i just couldn't get her to open up i mean i guess again don't be wrong i should get try to get i should get the submission but again it's annoying when you go through like this whole round and then she gets to start on like the back or like in an arm bar on me and i'm like i just killed you like dominantly killed you the whole regulation time yeah and you get to start in this great position not again I, I want, and I'm, I'm not complaining, but I just realized that I don't no. like EBI rule set now because of that, <laughs> that the, like stipulation. The best of the best have already cracked the code. It's already been said by every EBI champion that you stall and you wait for the overtime. That's, yep. that's the, yeah. that's mm -hmm. how you crack. And then ADCC favors wrestlers. No, this has been, this yeah, is no, like, no, no. this is, documented. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just kind of going, eh, ADCC I, don't like, I don't like that they do it. Favors wrestlers, right? And then they also, you play that time. You know, and then if, if you're a wrestler, you just stall, 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 wait till it's points, get your takedown, stay on top, right? Like that's the yeah. ADCC crack the code 101, you know, uh, what's cool about the PFL that I like most people find confusing is like you get, you, you get a decision, it's less points. You get, you know, a knockout finish, it's this many points. You get a submission, it's this many points. And it's like a season. Yeah. So it's like kind of cool to watch because it's like you could almost even have like PFL trading cards at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, the UFC, when when you get there's two different types of stalling in the UFC that that I recognize. It's the uh the the two guys that are so equally matched that it just it just like it just looks like you a see stall. two heavyweights just circling each other and nobody's yeah. throwing a punch. You know? And then you have the one where where the what what Amanda said was they're just fighting not to lose yeah and that's definitely the worst and yeah. dana dana has does a really good job at calling those fighters oh out. yeah he doesn't let anybody get a yeah. shit over there but then he's also i think things are going to be changing because he's also not paying the fighters yeah and what, what do you think about that whole issue you saying like the pfl pays really well you, are they paying more than they're paying their ufc fighters do you know i think the like i think starting i think some fighters are getting paid more over at the pfl than they were would it at the UFC. And I think that's one of the main reasons why Kayla Harrison is hesitant to go over to the UFC. But I think it comes down to the decision is if you want to have a legacy, you have to go to the UFC. If you want money, you have to fight at a different organization. Yeah. I think that's basically what yeah. she, what crossroads she's at right now that she has to decide what she wants to do. PFL has Pettis, right? Didn't uh, yeah. Showtime Pettis go and over then, to PFL? And then you also Anthony Pettis yeah. is, a, is a PFL fighter now, right? Yeah. And then and then uh, one uh, like one, like one, one treat. Champion. I hear they treat their fighters amazing yeah. as well. I mean, they're I think aren't they just as big at least in yeah, the Asian I mean, people, market? Yeah, people forget about there's a whole big world out there. Yeah. But, but just like Amanda said, it's like like these are the leagues that might pay you more, but you're your decision has to be like, okay, do I think about my finances or do I want to leave a legacy? Because yeah. like the UFC is like the NFL. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like yeah. you play at the CFL, you know, I mean, you're, you tell me you were a CFL player and you were, you know, at a winning team. Like, I'd be like, wow, that's really impressive. But people play in the CFL to get into the NFL. Yeah. You know? So we're yeah. talking about leagues. What about 
I, I always love to get people's take on combat jujitsu, especially from an somebody who jujitsu black belt and an MMA fighter. Would you ever do the combat jujitsu or is that just like MMA light? Yeah, I've thought about it a couple of times. Um, I think I even applied one time, like in like 2018 to do it. Uh, I just like, I think like once it passed, I was like, oh, you know, whatever, if it comes, it comes. But um, I think it's cool. I mean, I know some people mm -hmm. are like, oh, it's so stupid, like whatever. But I think it's cool. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think it's great if you are a jiu-jitsu person who wants to start to transition into MMA. Like that's a cool rule set to, to compete in. Um, yeah. it's almost like, uh, I feel like bare knuckle boxing, like, you know how like that's like its own little, like it's become pocket. a thing. Yeah. 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 It's a crazy like, I feel pocket. like that's the same thing with how like combat jujitsu and jujitsu has become. Yeah. Um, yeah. same thing with the pay, really cool. same thing with the pay too. Right. Yeah. With bare, like these bare knuckle fighters are saying, I've got more, I got paid more in this fight what's than, than yeah, like, what's, what's really that female well. UFC fighter um, that like her and her husband are always like naked on, I, on Instagram I'm, and I'm, she took a bare knuckle fight. Yeah. It's like every uh, I had to stop Paige following. I had to stop. Yeah, I had to stop yeah. following. Bro. I, I had, I was like, yeah. I my wife this. gets, my wife gets mad. I'm like, she's a fighter, babe. I'm, I'm not me. Not my fault. <laughs> I didn't even let it get there. I, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I said, I, when I unfollowed, I was like, get your paper, boo boo. I gotta go. I was just like, I gotta go, bro. <laughs> if you ever do pick up uh uh um uh, you know got slap jujitsu fight just for me a slap jujitsu fight i don't know what it's <laughs> sorry called. mr yeah. bravo <laughs> yeah sorry slap jujitsu fight <laughs> can you please try and get a finish by pink belly <laughs> yeah. like slap him on the belly <laughs> yeah just north <laughs> south. Is that how they call that yeah pink belly bro yeah yeah just north south because most girls most 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 girls like the the equivalent of no shirt is they wear the sports bra so yeah. the belly's exposed so I'm talking about make sure your hands are nice and dry and just go north south and just wail on that belly. All right. Yeah, so sounds for me, good. we got we got a few <laughs> listener questions. And the first one's actually a statement. I, I, I usually don't just read a statement, but I just thought this was kind of cute and funny. Um, this is from I, I think it's Baseween, 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 maybe. Uh, it said he, he wrote out Amanda Levy underscore MMA, the giant slayer is. Wait, hold on one second. Yeah, okay, well, hold on one second. So, okay, he was adding you. He says, yeah. the Giant Slayer is at Giant Slayer JJ, which is that little guy. What's his name? I forget. The Giant I, Slayer. Yeah, I forget, <laughs> I forget the little guy's name. Yeah. He said, you're the XXL Giant Slayer. Yeah. Hugs to both of you, champ, from Uruguay. So you got that message. So, okay, so our first question is actually from Sauce BJJ. She trains here in Florida. A young lady, I think she's maybe like 12. Uh, she says, my question for Amanda is, would you prefer to fight someone smaller and wigglier, bigger and stronger, or evenly sized? What's your preference? Um, I always like to fight people bigger because I feel like you get more credit for fighting someone who's bigger than you. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's like more of like a, an accomplishment, like more of a feat, like, oh, yeah, that person has 50 pounds of me. And I beat them. Yeah. So I think <laughs> fighting someone bigger is always cooler for the notoriety. Um, but it is nice to fight someone evenly your size just because, you know, you're you're fighting in your weight class and you're fighting someone you're evenly sized. You know that you're like actually the better person. <laughs> you, see, you see where you're at, you know, yeah, with exactly. an evenly matched opponent. But it seems like you really like a challenge. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, man. I think that's really good. She asked, too, is your answer different for MMA than BJJ? And there's actually a question. I don't know that I took this question down, but I'm going to ask it here. 
Um, oh, actually, it's it's one of our next questions. It's going to kind of relate to this, but uh, BJ, uh, BJJ Belt Collector on Instagram, he says, would you beat Gabby Garcia in a fight? Pride rules. What do you think? Yeah, so it was so funny. After I beat her, I was so dead set. Like, I was at the caller out for MMA. Um, but then she fights like grandma in MMA. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> That's the clip. <laughs> That's the soundbite right there. Yeah. She fights <laughs> grandmas. So I think she fights in Japan, and I always wanted to go to Japan, too. So I'm like, this is a win-win for mm. me, right? It, I would probably get a huge payday for this. I would get to go to Japan, and I'd get to be Gabby. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, uh, you know, I've seen her fight. I haven't seen one of her fights recently, to be honest, but, you know, she is a, a bit sloppy. It is a bit of yeah. a, you know, kind of... Well, she's been... I uh, think I might be able to stick and move, like, stick, yeah. move, stick, move, but... How awesome we'll would it be to stick and move and then beat her at jiu-jitsu and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then everything as well. Eh, put, like, a stamp on it, like, I beat you here, too. Yeah. Same yeah. joke. <laughs> She, she better show up with some cardio. So starting, one championship, let's make that shit. happen. Yeah. Start yeah. Shit I hope we're going to start some shit. Hey, That's... Gabby. Amanda's calling you out. What's up? Yeah, not Let's me. Let's do this. Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She really doesn't like me now. <laughs> oh, God. Have, have you guys ever, could you, have you gone back and forth on social media at all? or? She reached out to a school that I was doing a seminar at, and they like, they only tagged her in the post. Because, like, they didn't say anything mean. They just said she beat Gabby Garcia, and they tagged her in the post. And uh, so people could like click to see who she was. And um, she like messaged them and was like, uh, Amanda didn't really beat me. Uh, she's not the <laughs> champion. Um, and then she was giving excuses like she had a tumor on her ovaries and she had like two broken ribs. But I'm like, why are you even bothering messaging a tiny school in Utah who has like, like probably like less than 50 students out there and you're messaging them and you're like actually like having to explain yourself to this school. Like, yeah. dude, you have a half million followers. Like, leave it alone. What, you, what do you need? To, to, what are you trying to prove? Take you, the L. I. You want to know something? I forgot, and I believe that we posted. We. I, I know she commented. She commented something along the lines of like there was more to the story when we. Because I think I might have posted about just oh, like I right that. around I the that. like just the weigh-ins part, like right when it happened. I think I posted something, and she commented there. I think it was like before the competition, but she like commented in there. We got to find it. So she actually commented to us, to the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies, the, the podcast handle. And uh, and I was just like, you know, this is, it was kind of odd. It was like, really? Like, I was, I think it was just really posting it to show it. And it was just like, you know, she was trying to defend it a little bit. But I, yeah, I guess like that's childish. what she does. Childish. Yeah. Just... I mean, we'd love to have you on, Gabby. You can come talk to us. I, we have uh, our our booking manager who who reached out to you, Britt. Uh, is she's a huge fan of Gabby's. She actually like met her at, at like an event in Texas and she's, she's absolutely trying to get her to come on. And she's, she hasn't, she said she's been like a little flaky with getting back to her, but you know, we certainly have her on and, and let, you know, give her the floor. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know a little, I think it's a little childish to, to jump right. in like that and defend it. I'm a, I'm a fan of yeah. like Joe Rogan's approach of posting ghosts. Like you can't you stay out of the comments. Basically yeah. posting you ghosts. get into the comments when you're that popular and you're going to, it starts to eat yeah, away at your soul. I have a question. Like now you have these followers. Like, how do you, how do you feel like, uh, like how are you handling it? Like, are you taking the, I just post and I don't pay attention to it. Or are you interactive or 
Yeah, like, I will. So I'm not like super, <clears throat> super, super popular. So like people, <laughs> when they comment, they stop, like I'll like it or whatever. But I, I don't get too deep into it because I already hate social media and mm. I try to get off of it anyway. So yeah. I don't, I don't take anything to heart though. So it's funny because when I was younger, uh, like grappler, when Grappler's Quest was around and Nagas and stuff. So like they used to like have like actual people like that would video matches for Grappler's Quest. So Grappler's Quest ended up putting like a ton of my matches on YouTube. Like every match you see on me on YouTube, like I did not post one of them. Like it's always like someone else. But they have like millions upon millions of views, each one of them. Is like, it after probably, the fact though? Like after after you beat Gabby or something? Like then they were like No, 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 oh, it's just before no, Gabby. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. My like my one the one has like eight million views from when I was like a kid. Like oh, wow. yeah, like in, insane numbers. And um so my dad w- went on there and like he started reading the comments and he's getting like getting himself worked up, right? Yeah. And he's like, Do not look at the comments, you <laughs> know, blah blah steroid. blah. So as like a 15 year old, what have I got to do? I'm going to go look at the comments and oh my gosh, like it destroyed my little 15 year old heart reading these people's comments. And some of them were just nasty, like sexual comments. Some of them were like accusing me of like steroids and like all this other crap. And then other ones were just like super mean about like my looks, about what I do, like anything and everything that it was just awful. And then ever since then I learned my lesson, I did not even look at the comments ever for anything. On Instagram, it's different. Like, I'll just see people's, like, nice posts, and I'll like it. But, like, YouTube and stuff, I yeah. do not even bother. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the only place where we've ever gotten any negative comments, we talked about this last week, and it was, like, yeah. the stupidest comments. It was nothing insulting. But I remember one time somebody said something kind of stupid, and I was it was, like, uh, something like, who do you guys think you are, Joe Rogan or something? No, who and, you, you guys are trying to be Joe Rogan, yeah. too. Like, who and, I was, and, I, and he saw it, and he said something to me, or, like, he messaged me, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to ignore it. He's like, hell no. He's like, you got to answer that motherfucker right there. Yeah. Like, he got in there and answered it, but I, I've just taken that approach. Very, from the very politely. We have, we, have, we have gotten, like, next to no hate, but yeah. guests have gotten hate. Like, we had Rashad Evans on recently, and he was, he was doing a, a fight in Eagle FC, and people would, you know, a few comments, nothing crazy, but, like, you know, messages and, and even yeah. on Instagram, like, ah, oh, he's going to get his head knocked off. Ah, oh, he must be out of money. Like, just all this <laughs> stupid know, shit. Yeah. And I was just like, I wanted to defend him. And there was one that says, like, 20 bucks, he gets knocked out. And then one. after, when when he won, I commented, I'm like, would you like to Venmo me? And yeah. that was, that's like the only time. <laughs> you should have just dropped the handle. That's the only time that, yeah, I, awesome. that I, I answered something even negative. Because, again, because I know that you could get caught up in it, and I don't, I, I would get affected. It would What's, eat at me a little bit, you know. What, what, I'm proud of the, what we're doing and what we've done. And it, it what, you know, what, fuck what was, you if you're going to shit on what it. What was that, that one audio thing you were playing there was like a, a a bee doesn't take the time to explain to a fly why honey's better than shit yeah yeah right exactly. that's yeah, that you know yeah. what i'm saying these are these are these are just like couch warriors bro yeah you it know happens. I, like, I, I, that's what i mean i don't i, I don't, don't i can't even comment on any of her stuff you know because like i've never been i've the only fist fights that i've been have been not organized very organic <laughs> backyard you know? fights i think i saw you on a video very no 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 mine were yeah. all very organic you know uh, all right, last question from uh, last listener question. Uh, when facing an opponent much larger than you, what would you say is the most critical p- component of your game? Um, probably uh, like pushing the pace. I always like emphasize pushing pace on people that are bigger, and I always take pride in my cardio to begin with. So um, for me, that's like a an easy thing to do. Um, but and you can't be scared. 
So I think a lot of people like were afraid of Gabby. Like I wasn't afraid of Gabby. I was the only thing I was afraid of was that something stupid would happen. And because of the weight difference that I would get injured. That was like my only fear was like, what if like we land a certain way and like she's a hundred pounds heavier than me. And like, that could be it for my MMA career. That was the only, the only worry I had other than that. But I was like, she's not going to run me off the mat. That's for damn sure. Like she is notorious for just charging in the girls. And like, they just like run backwards and run off the mat. I'm like, you're not doing that to me. That's for sure. But I would say you can't be afraid of them and pushing the pace for cardio. I definitely, I, I agree with you there. And as a big guy, like I know my cardio sucks. And I'm like, even when, you know, going up against bigger guys and smaller guys, sometimes I'm like, I got to get this to where I want it quickly because I know that I can't keep up. And I talk about it a lot. Yeah. You know, I love gi jujitsu so much because as a bigger, older hobbyist, I'm not in there every day. Yeah. I need controlling the pace helps me with my jujitsu. Me controlling the pace, I can control how I'm breathing. And that's trouble for you, trouble for my opponent. Yeah. If I, and running around trying to stay away from a judo guy, I'm screwed. I'm going to be t- that circling around is going to get me tired. Yeah. I'm moving 240 pounds around for three minutes in a six minute round. I'm going to get tired and he's going to throw me. Or judo judo me guy, down. pull guard. Yeah. Every oh, time. Oh, yeah. You know, with, and uh, Dr. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just want to say that you also get, I think, uh, an extra 10% uh, cardio boost when you wear uh, an Iowa State Hawkeyes gear. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Did those number one wrestling team since like 1903. What do you do? You, did you? We didn't really talk about it. Did you wrestle as well? No. You, so I tried to wrestle in high school, but I went to a Catholic school, so they wouldn't let me wrestle. Uh, so they got it my junior year. My junior year of high school, they they were getting it. So I went to like wrestling table. Um, they had like sign ups at lunch, and I'm like, oh, I want to join. And I already knew they weren't going to let me because I heard through the grapevine that Catholic school. So Catholic school boys, if they get put up against a girl in like a tournament, just say like a public school throws a girl in against Catholic school boy, the Catholic school boy automatically has to forfeit. The archdiocese will not let them fight the girl. Oh, so wow. yeah. So I already had a feeling they weren't going to let me on. So I'm like, oh, I want to sign up for the wrestling. And the guy was like, listen, I know you train jujitsu and I know you'd probably be awesome, but you can't. And I'm like, why? Why can't I? And he was like, because you're a girl. And I'm like, so I went to like the athletic director and he wasn't in. So then um, like the news got hold of it. I ran with it. I was like on every news station in Philly. Really? <laughs> like, Holy yeah, shit. all over the place. I was on like the front page of like um, the North, like the, which is like a big uh, paper in, in like Northeast Philly, like the like Northeast Times. I was in the, on like the Metro, which is a big one in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool to get like the notoriety um, of it, but it sucked because I probably would have loved to do wrestling. Like I would have loved to wrestle. Um, so I just started doing more wrestling, like straight wrestling and I'm like having a, a ball with it. So, it's, so like, fun. it's just, a, it is, it's such a different intensity and, and such a different game that it is, it just makes it fun to train again for yeah. sure. And how much more fun is it when you get to wear shoes? Cause you get like 20% more speed. Dude, you it's feel like so, you're like a torpedo going yep. in for shots and you have the wrestling shoes on. And no turf toe. No turf toe. Yeah. It's the best. It's crazy. Yeah. It's I, absolutely crazy. I was by no means a an incredible wrestler. I wrestled for two years in junior high. And then I then I 
just quit. And then I wanted to play football and do other things. But when I started jujitsu in my forties, I re- like pulled from my times at wrestling, like something as simple as like a cradle, like people don't mm-hmm. do cradles, you know, like I know how to do a cradle, like a far side cradle and then roll over and just do little things that were just like, yeah. ba- like kind of basics for us that I still carry over to now. Oh yeah. You know, even just doing like pushing Dri- somebody using my forehead to push somebody driving over. driving a half. Yeah. It is, um, it, it, wrestling is amazing especially when you're up against people who have never done a wrestling class. Oh yeah. And when you're doing oh, jujitsu and they've never even experienced just like those little bits of wrestling, it, you have a leg up on oh, them already. Now- it's why it's, I told you from the beginning, he wrestled yeah. and uh, you know, I knew as when he, the first time he was a white belt, that was blue or purple. And purple. we, we, uh, we just were sparring. It was at, like my, uh, it was my fourth class. Yeah. We're rolling in class. And, and as soon as he started to move, like the first thing I said to him, you wrestled, huh? And then I saw like his tats and he was in the military. I'm like, I know he at least did combatives. And then I, I could just tell by the way you moved that you wrestled because yeah. just the average white belt in jujitsu doesn't move like that. Yeah. Especially even if they've done combatives, they don't, they don't move that way. Yeah. I love wrestling, man. Dude. I just, it, there's such a grind too. It's like, yeah. if you want to get mentally tough that, I mean, I remember sitting in the lunchroom, man, in high school and just watching all my friends eat and they're like, dude, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, well, I got to oh, lose boy. like three pounds. You know, like, and and my mom's like, dude, I'm, I'm Hispanic in Miami, Colombian mom. You don't say no to food when mom brings you food. Right. So I'm like, mom, I can't eat. He was like, what do you mean? Like just going (laughs) off on me. And then like a little 16 year old guy, I had, I had, um, I had a, a membership to Bally's fitness, man. 16 year old kid in full sweats. You know, eight o'clock, the, like, the eight, eight o'clock at night, just on the treadmill. Would running you wear like, the sauna suit too? I didn't. I yeah. couldn't afford it. I had, <laughs> I had my, uh, dude, my, my wrestling, like, uh, the jumper. Yeah. You know the the wind. Singlet. The, the, no, the oh, wind, oh, like the windbreaker, like the outfit that we'd warm up in. Mm. I mean, it was hand down, hand down. Yeah. So it had like the stink of two other, <laughs> of two other one one. Good practice for stinky <laughs> yeah, like guys. One fifty six pounders, and then me sweating it up. Oh my goodness, dude. Amanda, do you do do you do any gi jujitsu, or did you start like yeah. when you were training when you were a kid? Are you were doing just regular gi jujitsu, or were you always doing no gi? And what do you do now? Um, I always did, I always did both, and then I fell out of gi jujitsu probably around like 2014, 2015, just because I was getting so many offers for super fights for for no gi, and that's where all the money was anyway. Um, so like the last time I competed in the gi was probably when I was like a purple, a blue belt or a purple belt. And um, I'm doing high rollers um, on the 19th in the gi, though. Oh, yeah? So that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be super cool. I mean, I, I, like, I started training again in the last year with gi, um, like, more consistent. And I've been having so much fun with it. I'm like, dude, why not? Just, like, screw it. Just send yeah. send a gi match. See how I do. Like, I, I don't have high expectations for myself in the gi, but I'm still going to, you know, be a gamer and get in there and yeah. try it, you know? Because... Again, I like the challenge. I like, I love competing. So why not? Hey, were, uh, were you gonna stay away from? Were you gonna stay away from jujitsu competitions altogether when you started fighting MMA? Was it like I'm gonna leave that behind? But then the Gabby thing happened. Is yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm kind of good at this, and you started so getting offers, was, right? Yeah, so I was like, gonna be like, all right, I'm done with jujitsu because uh, I like you're competing in it for so long, and it just gets like so consistent, and like MMA. Like the high you get off of an MMA fight versus a jiu-jitsu match is like not even comparable, right? <laughs> like chasing yeah. like chasing that high is just like a, a thing for me now. So like MMA, 
you're like literally on cloud 100 million and you get to you're maybe on cloud nine and so like i was like all right yeah i'm gonna be done with that and then when i got ranked on the flow grappling thing i'm like okay well now that i'm ranked number six i kind of have have to stay with this now <laughs> so i'm like yeah. you know what i might as well just start doing tournaments anyway to just stay consistent and it'll be a good warm-up for pfl fights like why not mm -hmm. compete on the off season and just stay active in something um so um, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to do. I'm going to probably sign up for a couple of IBJJS this year. And, um, that's so funny. And, and and Will you do Gia and Nogi yeah, and everything? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, just to stay consistent and, um, have fun with it. I'm not, I'm not going out there to like, to like, I guess it's, it's a different, um, I want to do it more for fun and not for the competitive drive that I've always had with it. I just want to use it to stay active is yeah. my end goal for it. Um, how close are you to Indiana right now? Um, like 12 hours, I think. Um, ironically, I'm going to Notre Dame Stadium uh, for a wedding in March. So, so that would be cool. If I could suggest, hit up Daisy Fresh and do some wrestling there. I think that'd yeah. be really super cool. And they seem really open because I've hit them up and they're like, come on down. And I was what, just like, I need to make. What's a the deal with Ke like Kendall's fighting in Europe under their banner? It's like now she's Daisy Fresh. Like, do you know anything about that? Uh, Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Well, because I have a match against Kendall. Oh, in do March. you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm fighting her for, uh, for Polaris on March 26th in London. Is that part and of that's it? Another is that thing too? Is that yeah, is that where she's like too. on the team Daisy Daisy Fresh? Uh, right. P, uh, yeah, it's it's Pedagog submission fighting you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why she's fighting under them because I thought she was Gracie Baja. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm excited to fight her and go against her though. That'll yeah. be a cool match. Giving up some um, weight there too. Yeah, right. Does she, does she yeah. gotta come down a little bit? No, so that's just open. So uh, she she'll probably yeah. Like when we went, we did who's number one. She was 180. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I walk around at like 155, 160. So. Um, but yeah, and, and plus using jujitsu now doing jujitsu matches, I just use it to travel and see places too. So yeah. like I'm going to London, like, hell yeah, That's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what, why would I go to London? They any, pay for everything and they, they put you up, right? They feed you. Yep. It, they, yep. They pay exactly. for your tickets. That's awesome, man. Yep. Why not? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. So why not? Let, let's talk about that, that PFL fight real quick before we let you go. You, that, it, it was a little scary there in the beginning, right? I mean, you got you got caught, you you went down, mm -hmm. and tell everybody what happened. Yeah. You know, I'll let you you explain. Um, so I was supposed to go against a French Olympic wrestler, um, and then they switched my opponent out because she couldn't get her she didn't get her visa, whatever the reason was, and it was like a week before my fight, and again I thought I was going to lose this fight too, so I'm like again hysterically crying when someone died because <laughs> oh, I'm like. Why can't I just get a fight? Because I could never get amateur fights because girls would see my jiu-jitsu background and be like, nah, I'm not fighting her. And then <laughs> I had the belts were offered. That got ripped for me. And then the PFL, the girl dropped out a week before my fight. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm going to lose this opportunity, too. So they ended up finding someone. She was a boxer. And, um, you know, I didn't practice, like, one takedown this whole entire fight camp. <laughs> I was literally going in there, like, going against an Olympic wrestler. I'm like, Oh, I can, I can practice my striking now. Um, like this will be a good person to like actually, you know, use my striking on. Like, cause uh, if she's an Olympic wrestler, then obviously all she's she's 
probably really good at is wrestling if you're wrestling at that level, right? Um, so then I was going in like, okay, I'm like the first round, we'll see how it goes. Like I'm gonna get my feet wet. All it takes is one punch, of course. Um, she just caught me right in like the perfect spot where it like turned my legs off. So I was completely still where and still there. It was just my legs gave out on me. I'm like, oh my God, where are my legs? Um, so I fall down. She kind of like rushes, rushes in on me, and which was like her big mistake because she literally just gave me like a free double leg. So I was able to um, kind of come up with her legs, push her against the cage, and then take her down with a single leg. And I ended up getting through her back. And then once I got through her back, I'm like, oh, like I, I feel like this. I just like I got this. yeah, yeah. It was almost it was almost like too easy taking her back. <laughs> like I was like <laughs> I, I, I hate to say that, but like. I felt like I was like wrestling like a child at that point. Yeah. And um, what I, so my thing was, I didn't know how much time I had. So I'm like rushing to get the choke. And then I hear my corner go, you have, you still have, you still have a minute. And I'm like, oh, I still have a minute. Like, oh, this is going to be done. <laughs> so I just sunk the running choke in and, and was able to uh, win the fight. But That's yeah, it was definitely scary there for a second. But at the same time, I'm glad I got that experience out of my, out of the way. Just so I know that I can take a punch and recover. Um, so that gave me a little bit more confidence going into my future matches for sure. Was your dad at that fight? Yeah, he was. He was. was he scream? Could you hear him screaming? I'm sure he yeah. was probably the loudest in the crowd. Uh, so no, he was actually, he actually doesn't really yell. So my okay. mom's a yeller. My mom screams like a mad woman, but, um, he was like, you should just go in there and just take everyone down. I'm like, dad, there's going to be, I need to. I need at least one round of practice every time I try to fight MMA because if I'm not a good striker and I can't take someone down, there's going to be a real issue there. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I just want to get my feet wet. Like it wasn't like I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to knock this girl out or oh, I'm going to abandon my jiu-jitsu. It was just me trying to get like a gist of what it's like to be on my feet and like an actual fight so that when the time comes and God forbid, I can't take someone down that I can semi rely on striking, you know? So definitely more of a, a takedown person, right? You're not pulling guard. Yeah. MMA, you want to be on top. <laughs> and I also think that's I really, never. I think that's really intelligent of you. Like a lot of people don't think of that, like to go into a real fight and go like, everybody talks about like the, that feeler round, that feel out round. Like, I like yeah. it when fighters say stuff like that, when they say like, Oh, I went out there and I needed a showcase and, and feel a competitive <sighs> Uh, stand-up round yeah so that way i know how i feel and then like i'm sure you learned a lot you know and now you know what you you know what to work on because you did it you did it in the cage you know so yeah. you you want to know want to know in pfl that so you yep. have one fight you have one professional mma fight what was your amateur record did you fight amateur uh, yeah so i did um i had two mma fights for amateur which i won both of them and then i did a kickboxing match an amateur kickboxing match i won that and then I did an amateur boxing match, and I won that. Nobody likes um, a bragger. So like my thing was I couldn't get amateur. <laughs> did, did you hear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my thing was I couldn't get fights for amateur MMA. So I'm like, I need to know. I need like stand up practice. Like I can do jujitsu all freak. I can do jujitsu my eyes closed. I need actual like. I need to be able to take punches and defend them and learn all that stuff. So I'm like, I got to do a boxing match and kickboxing match just so I can get something. Uh, of like a striking look so that when I do fight MMA, I, I, I'm a little bit more well-rounded. So what's because, the, I mean, the ultimate goal that was, is was, to be I, like, 
Yeah, I mean, my, my ultimate goal is to be a martial artist. Like, I want to be a mixed martial artist. I don't want to be like, oh, she's just a jiu-jitsu girl. Like, my end game for this is I want to be a martial artist, a mixed martial artist, not just a now, jiu-jitsu person. Wh- where do you fall? Which side of the line do you fall on what we spoke about before? Is it legacy? Uh, yeah, so, is it so, money or legacy? Right now, for me, I want money. So if I'm going to be putting my, my body on the line and sacrificing all the stuff that I do, like I'm 25 years old and I feel like I'm like an 80 year old woman. Okay. So mm, like, I could only if imagine. I'm sacrificing my body the way I am, I want the, the most pay I'm going to get out of this. But that's not to say like if UFC called, I would probably have second doubt. Like I would probably be like, if UFC called me, I'd probably be like, hell yeah, I'm going to the UFC because of the notoriety. Mm. And I'm in school anyway. So yeah. I'll, hopefully I'll be making money after, after all said and done. So, um, I, I'm in nursing school. Um, take so care of yourself. That's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's like school? my, that's my like end goal anyway, but like outside of jiu-jitsu, I'm like, I can't fight forever. Realistically, I know I can't fight forever. Um, so I want to start setting myself up so that I do have a career after MMA. Um, and, uh, so I went back to school for that. And again, if UFC yeah. called me, I would definitely go to the UFC just for the notoriety I, of it. I wonder if like, I'm going to use Michael Jordan as the example, like back in the day, people said like Michael Jordan makes more from his endorsement deals than he does from his salary playing, at least in the beginning, right? He got his Nike deal early on, right? Yeah. I wonder if even though the UFC isn't paying what, what everybody thinks they should be paying, if because it's a higher level of MMA, will there be more endorsement deals and will you make more money? And will there be opportunities like, you know, like a lot of these guys that go into commentating and you got Angela Hill commentating and Dominic Cruz and, you know, people that have, you know, they keep it in the super successful and somebody who's, you know, not hasn't won a championship, you know, hasn't won a title belt. You'd think like that, that kind of has to be factored in, I would think. Right. What are the opportunities? I would, I would imagine, I would imagine yeah. that their endorsements and sponsorships are probably paying very well since it's UFC. Yeah. I can't imagine them not getting. It just sucks because, like, I feel like the UFC was so cool when they let you have your own sponsors. Yeah. Right. They used to have like the big banner, and they would have, um, like, it was cool because you got to see the personality of the fighter by who sponsored them. <laughs> For sure. Like, you know, you would see like people who hunted had like bow sponsors mm-hmm. and like gun sponsors and like all this cool stuff and like now it's just like everyone's yeah. the same <laughs> yeah, like, cowboy, I, cowboy cerrone I, it was I, always like beef jerky yeah like like mossy oak like like yeah and he was always a monster I, guy i get the i get the whole side though like they're giving so much exposure it was basically like if you want to be on those shorts and if you're gonna you know uh, sponsor a fighter, you've also got to sponsor them. I get the business side of it. Not saying it's right, but I mean, they, they got to where they got and it was kind of like you wouldn't let an NFL player just put like anything on his. No, yeah. Right? It's acceptable to not, he's not putting like, you know, uh, That's controlled. cash yeah. app stuff yeah. on, you know, on the side of his only jersey. Only fans. So, yeah, yeah, right. His only, his only fans like on Craig his, Jones gets on his butt. But I, I mean, I get that side, but it does suck for the, it, the fighting is such a different beast. Like you guys depend on that money. Like that money helps you get to where you need to be, and to be I a better fighter for them. Like, like, like uh, NASCAR racers. Like, I mean, they all basically have like the same kind of outline of like their uniforms, but they all have different sponsors. Yeah. Right. So, like, that's like I feel like there maybe they could set a certain uniform, or they 
still provide the uniform, but you're able to put your sponsors on it. Like, I don't know. I feel like they could have worked around it a little bit better, but I think it sucked. But again, I understand why they did it, but I still like yeah. to see like the sponsors and, and it was how gritty. Each... it was like a grittier time for so, the UFC, you know, yeah, it was just like it was. these guys it's were cool, like up sure. and comers and well, you know, gamers for you specifically, you know, you're 25, you haven't reached your prime yet in my personal opinion. Right. Um, I, I think it's smart that you take the money route early, you know, maybe get yourself in a position to where you could afford like high level, like maybe, you know, you've been in the game for 10 years, more, 11, right? Competing since you were 14. I couldn't, I could only imagine, I, I roll for three, four days in a row and I'm, you know what I mean? And, and I, I mean, you have to, you're, you're, you know, when you're an MMA fighter, you have to do stand up on the ground, you know, jujitsu, uh, boxing, you know, yeah. plyometrics, strength and conditioning, stretching, recovery takes a, a whole bunch of time. And then your personal nutrition, you have to be disciplined and taking your vitamins, taking, you know, being hydrated, like all this stuff, managing your weight, fight camp. I mean, it's a ton of stuff. So like, I personally hope that you make your money, right? So you could afford the care that will take you to, from gold to glory, you know? Yeah. And that'd be yep, really thanks. awesome. That'd be really awesome to see. And uh, just, you know, take a flight down to Columbia, get them stem cells. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you have, do you look back on your journey and like, do you have any regrets? Is there anything that you look back on and say, man, I just wish I didn't do wish that. I know you're it. still young. Um, no, not necessarily. Like there was like a time where, um, like when I was like 17, 18, where I got like this little bit of freedom and I like ran with it, like for like a year year and a half like <laughs> like i told my dad oh, i'm going to get to and like i would go hang out with my friends and stuff like that but i i think i needed that time because I, my whole childhood was literally every single day training like i really didn't have much of a social life until i got like my license around when i was like 17 and then once i got my license and i got that like taste of freedom i was like oh, run, completely ran with it but I don't regret it because I know I needed that time. Yeah. Like I, when I tell you I lived at the gym as a kid, I was there every single day. I would drive an hour and a half to train at this one specific gym. And I like anyone would drive me. My grandparents, if they, they could drive me, they would drive me if my dad was working or something. Then my dad's twin brother would take me to tournaments if my dad couldn't do it. Um, so it was like a whole family, like takes a, a village. Whole family effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was your rumspringer, so, huh? Then when you got your yeah. license. <laughs> yeah. So That's once awesome. I got my license, I had that like little taste of freedom. But and then when I realized everyone was going to colleges after, um, like when I was like eighteen and I, I see everyone going to colleges and I was like, Okay, I'm not going to college, like I'm trying to be an MMA fighter. So then it kind of buckled me back in. Um, and then I, I just started school like last year or so. You like need that. You, you, need, like that, you need that time. You just explained. You you were saying that, and I'm like, that just sounds like my first year of college. I just yeah, went. So, I was like, my parents. Wait a minute. My parents are going to pay thousands of dollars for me to sleep away in this place, pay for my food, pay. I have no bills, and I could do whatever I want, come and go as I please. I'm like, woohoo! I was get yep. fridge full of beer every day. It was like, take this sandwich out of here. We need the room for beer. Like, I just went crazy, and that's why I didn't go back. That's why they a, didn't send me back. I was a 26-year-old freshman when I got out of the military, yeah. and I had the GI Bill. And I was just like, okay, I don't have to be at work at 6 a.m. 
I mean, I don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. to do PT at 6 a.m. to go to work all day. I don't have to like, there's like, I felt like, I felt like I was 18 again. Yeah. But it was so weird. Like being, I'm sure you're just a couple years in probably like in college or are you like a year in? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like a year in. So So you're taking 100 level, you're taking 100 level classes, right? Yeah. So I was like, I needed that time because I'm like, I knew if I went to school right after, I would have just like. Not, I would have been undecided, not sure what I wanted to do. My boyfriend went to college right after school, and he knew he shouldn't have went, and he like pissed away money. He was in debt for no reason. Yeah, and he's that still was paying me. Off now. That wow. was me, and that was kind of going to be my point. Was we we kind of all need that. You have to learn that if you don't do it, you're never going to know. You're always going to feel like you missed it. Like even though yeah. I did one year away at school, and then I did community college after that because my parents are like, "We're not no get your grades up, and then maybe we'll send you back." I had to experience that. I needed that to experience that freedom. And also what I found out, college wasn't for me. I, it just wasn't yep. for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no clue. I was just going to go to classes. had no clue what I wanted to do. And then I figured out what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, I want to go into law enforcement. Okay, let me start taking criminal justice classes. You know, And then, then it was like, then I had a path. But if I didn't go through all those fuck-ups, I wouldn't have really known what I wanted to do. So we all need that. And and then it, it brought you back to, you know, where you are now. What I was going to say is, like, yeah. she's a woman, right? And she's going to class with children, right? Yeah. So, like, when you're taking these classes, like, you, I don't know how to well, explain it. Well, not necessarily, right? There might people be a, of any age could be taking those classes they, with you, right? They, they could be. But what I'm saying, a majority of the time when you're taking those yeah. low, those those entry-level classes, which you have to take, it's like, but you take them more seriously. Like, it's different yeah. when it, you feel like an adult and they're like, like, the yeah. best meme I've seen has been like, you know, when Adam Sandler is like the kids, he has to go through every grade and he's like a whole bunch of kids and you're like an adult. Mm -hmm. But like, I think it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really beneficial for you to go to college at this age because you're really going when you're ready. And I think like your, your brain is, are you taking a full schedule right now? So you're taking full schedule and training and doing all the training. Yep, wow. exactly. Are you yeah. in the college parking lot right More, now? Yeah, are you, are, you in the, are you in college right now? Are you between classes right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, luckily the last two semesters have been like all online, so I really mm-hmm. can't complain. I mean, again, it's just like annoying because you're taking entry-level classes, right? So like I learned all this in high school, and now they're just making me pay to relearn it, and most of the stuff I don't even need to become a nurse. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, it's a money you know, grab. It's just like annoying because I know it's not even that I'm paying. That it's not the money that's annoying me. It's the time that's taking away from other things, right? Like yeah. I could use this time to be going and doing other things, and here I have to do these stupid classes that I don't even need and that I already learned. <laughs> I tell people all the time, trade schools, like you know, if you know what you want to do, find a school that just does that if you're able. Because yeah. I I do think again, I was a kid going away to school. And they were like, okay, you can go here as long as you pay us, even if you don't know what the hell you want to do. I yeah. went away to school to, to learn how to drink is really what I did. Learn how to party. Yeah. I, I had a, my father was a cop. My parents were strict. And I was just like, oh, I'm here. The one thing that kept me slightly in check was my sister went to the same college. We went away to the same school. And um, I, I had, like, big sis there to keep an eye on me and not let me get too crazy. But I, I was there to learn how to party. So, I, you know, I didn't nice. know what I wanted to do. But she would come come up behind you and slap you. Yeah, right. She'd show up at my room. uh, She'd show up. My sister would show up (laughs) at my room unannounced just to check on me. Like, all right, I want to make sure you're alive. (laughs) Or I heard you you met one of my friends last night. How are you doing right now? (laughs) I'm broken. I'm broken. So we have uh, one. We our last question for you. 
And I'm, I wasn't going to ask it, but since you said you've gotten back into the gi, do you or do you not wash your belt? Um, I do. I think it's Woo! like unnecessary. <laughs> I think it's unnecessary to not wash your gi, uh, your belt. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, yeah. It's disgusting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's it's just like why are you Yeah, like, I don't I, get it. I think slowly but surely, hopefully we're like helping lead the charge. We're just like it's yeah. okay, great, it doesn't fade and great it you know We need to get a detergent sponsor. Blah blah blah. Yeah, we should well we cut we had we had somebody that we worked with in the beginning yeah. that did some stuff. So but yes, it's, know, it's you can always get a new belt. Like I so like Thank I you. got a black belt, right? So like I, I got my black belt and it was like my boyfriend made sure he got me like a, a show your old black belt, right? So it's like such great quality, but to the point where like I it wouldn't stay tied during class because the quality of the belt like just wouldn't fold, so like it wouldn't stay tied. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to get a new belt, <laughs> and, and it didn't even matter how many times I washed it. So I'm like, I need to get a new belt that will actually stay tied, like that's more of like a cottony belt. So you can just always get a new belt if you're concerned about the fade of it, and plus yeah. I think it looks cooler when it's faded anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, listen. I'm a belt washer. I I right now I wash it like once a month. I don't wash it after every every class. Yeah, I've been swayed slightly to not wash it so much. But I lay it out to dry. We have me and my wife. We both put our our. Uh, she does like a little bit of kickboxing. We put our equipment in like the same closet, which fucking stinks. Oh, but I it's bet. like by the garage. It's like a closet that nobody uses for anything it's else. And there's a bottle of Lysol in there. So whenever we put anything in, like everything gets sprayed with Lysol, the bags, and then we just yeah. close the door. I mean, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not a mathematologist. A mathematologist, right? But <laughs> with with the promo code JJD on Flow and Roll, every five belts that you buy, you essentially get one free because it's like twenty percent off. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't I know mean, where you were going with that. I'm like, be I'm careful. Saying, I don't know what specials that you're running. <laughs> I'm not running any specials. This is just simple, gonna kill me. simple math. You know? uh, Amanda, listen, we're going to let you go. Don't, don't hang up because we're going to talk to you just when we go off camera. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Do you have any sponsors or anybody you want to shout out? Do you got anything that you want to say before we let uh, you go? Yeah. Uh, skilled Violence. They're freaking awesome. Oh, I've seen you uh, with their rash guards, right? Yeah, and honestly, the rash guards are literally my favorite. And not not even saying that because they did sponsor me, but I really love their rash guards. Super comfy, and it's the name of their company is just cool. It's cool. Like yeah. you can't tell me, Scaled Violence is the coolest name for a apparel company. In it's pretty good. You gotta like so show awesome. up at like Starbucks and just your rash guard and like go order a yeah. coffee, and it's just like the t-shirts. <laughs> Instead of your name, they're gonna put like Skilled Violence. Skilled That's Violence. Right. Your yep. coffee's ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, what oh, it's doing? over here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like I said, don't don't go anywhere. But thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you. We'll let you know when we put that. This is going to come out like the Monday after next. We're a little bit behind because we had a uh, just kind of a few delays. But so we're like recording like a week ahead of time. But we'll tag you and we'll let you know that we put it out. And again, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right. She's pretty awesome, huh, dude? I can't. I really can't wait to see her fight. I can't really see. It. I can't wait to see her progress. Yeah. I think especially, I'm not going to use the word pressure, but I will say that there are a lot of people watching her now Yeah, because of the Gabby fight, because I, of, of her taking down Gabby Garcia. Okay, yeah, but I think that now you understand where she is mentally in the game Yeah, with that upbringing, with that wonderful father. Good job, sir. Uh, 
and Mr. Levy, probably. Yeah, I would assume. I would right? assume yeah, <laughs> and um, just just that that you could you could just see it in her eyes, like she's she's dialed in, man. I mean, I, again, she's, like, she's twenty five. She her father putting her into competitions and mm-hmm. then putting up her against bigger older people at that age. Yeah, she was made for that fight. She was made to fight Gabby. Like yeah. that was supposed to happen. Well, you heard her. She you said know? she said I, I lost that first fight, and then I won that second fight. And realize that like, was oh, it. Wow, this is, you know, this is so what it feels like so this is takes, why people do it this. Takes, it takes two to tango, right? Like, mm. yeah, she Ooh. had a she had a supporting father, yeah, Ooh. but she was also receptive of the support or support. And, and you yeah. know, you. We, I mean, we're talking about it now, looking back, but you can imagine, like, you know, having a a, a kid at that age with that kind of pressure. Fire I mean, up. like, it, yeah, you you can go one or two ways. You could really start to rebel, yeah, or you you like you feed, you know, yeah, you feed off was, of it. You feed off of that pressure. Yeah, so I'm. I think you, I think mentally. What's you up? were raised to conquer great <laughs> men. I think that, that, that the what's the uh, the, the Batman one? You were raised oh, and you uh, you merely found the darkness. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. raised That's by That's Bane. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Still from Batman, she right? Call, you call her Bane? I don't know the whole thing. She Bane? No. Uh, she yeah, she's she's Bane in that in that analogy. You know who I am? Have you seen the meme where it's the dude in the pink singlet? That's like got his arms out. I was telling my wife the other day about she she didn't realize it. I was just like, yeah, anytime she's cause she's always complaining that I'm always in the black versions of our t-shirts and the sponsor stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, I get other colors for the guys. I said, you know, I I go I usually like I'll do pink for for yeah. for you because you have the flamingo shorts. I of always course. think pink and and that's for you. I'm flamboyant in that in that way. Yeah, yeah. I, like I just love, like that. I love black because it makes the fat guys look a little. You're smaller. not fat, bro. Yeah, sturdy. Anyway. All right, little housekeeping here. Sturdy, right? Sturdy. I could see him on a date with a girl being like, well, you're real sturdy. Real you won't see me on a date yeah. with a girl. I'm married back in the that. day. Back I, in the day. I used to say that to girls. Yeah. You look they sturdy. Were sturdy. Yeah. yeah. How'd that like, work out for you? Wow. No, because it's not thick. It's not thick. It's not fat. It is it's an incredible insult to it, call a woman sturdy, I, I just so know. you know. I, I thought yeah. it, was, it was like, you're athletic, you're strong, you're good. That's, yeah, those are all great words. Not yeah, sturdy. Yeah, not sturdy, bro. To me, sturdy. <laughs> She's not a building. Sturdy. Don't say sturdy. <laughs> a all right, a little housekeeping. Shout out to our Patreon podcast patrons. Uh, they include Carlson Gracie Winterhaven in Winterhaven, Florida, cgwinterhaven.com, and at Carlson Gracie underscore Winterhaven on Instagram. We've also got Carlson Gracie Broward County down here in North Lauderdale, Carlson Gracie Broward County.com. At Carlson Gracie Broward County. Shout out to John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida. JohnWayMartialArts.com and at John Way Martial Arts. Our individual uh, Patreon podcast patrons also include Jebediah Barra, Robert Walker, Frank House, BOA Athletics, BOA Athletics. Check them out on Instagram. BOA. At BOA. Underscore Athletics, <laughs> Jason Smiley, CJ Carroll, Mission Twenty Two, Chuck Reddor, and Roberto Santiago. If you'd like to support the show, visit Patreon.com forward slash Jujitsu Dummies. Join and you're automatically entered every single month into our monthly giveaway to win at least a hundred dollars in Jujitsu swag. Listeners who submit questions are also included in that raffle each month. So Double if dipping. we use your yeah, do it. If we use your question on the show, you're entered into those drawings. And just a little side note, we did change how we do it. If you send a question, you've got to listen to the show and say, hey, I heard my question yeah, used. Yeah, That's yeah. why I give you the handle. you got to go check it out. We're not, I, I'm not going to chase people around. Yeah. And 
you know, there are people that just like submit for free giveaways around that have right. nothing to do necessarily with jujitsu. So I kind of caught on to that a little bit. Right. But what, they just if you want, want free to the show, we'll send it to you. And I'll tell you what, I almost always send you more than you want anyway. Yep. You're always going to get like a sticker or I might send a mug. We're always going to send something extra. So, so make sure you listen to the show. It's like airport rules, yep. right? See something, say something. Say something. There you I go. I got gotcha. you. All see right, that sounds good. Get All something. Right. Get something. Oh, see something, get something. I like that. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah. All of us here at the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies would like to thank the entire crew over at Flow and Roll for their tremendous support. They are renowned for their incredible t-shirt designs, and then they have something for everyone. Flow and Roll quickly rose up to become the premier custom apparel provider for academies, big or small, throughout the United States. So shoot them an email about your custom order, flowandroll at gmail.com, and they'll be more than happy to get you hooked up. Check them out on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll for samples of their gi and nogi kits, and they conveniently offer flexible payment options too. Head over to flowandroll.com for more details. And while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy signature tee, now exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your online purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. Special thanks to George Hernandez, Claims Adjuster. Have you experienced damage to your residential or commercial property in the state of Florida from flood or fire, storms, theft and vandalism, even sinkholes, just to name a few? Don't get stressed out dealing with your insurance provider. Call George Hernandez today and let the professionals get you the most compensation possible. Visit HernandezClaims.com or call 305-712-6751 to get help now. And stay in touch with them on Instagram at HernandezClaims. Hey, y'all. Is it called an, yep. amp- is it called an ampersand? The N symbol. The, the and is? What's the at symbol called? The at symbol. It's just called the at symbol? And, uh, and, uh, I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll look that up for you. We'll get back to you on that in the next episode. But everybody... At Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for all the you ways need to all watch. that for that <laughs> to what? read the at symbol. Take yeah. the long way home. <laughs> yeah, I get. <laughs> a- anyways, just go ahead and, and visit uh at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for all your ways to watch, listen, support, donate to our scholarship. Um, we award a, a one-year scholarship to veterans, you know, first responders. Honestly, anybody who's a good person who's embodying Jiu-Jitsu, you know, that's that's who we want to focus on. The at symbol. Yeah, what is it? It's officially called commercial at. Commercial at. I don't know what that means. Commercial at. Oh, wow. Commercial at. Bo, you've been around for a while. You heard that? <laughs> <laughs> With Bo, you've been around. Yeah, that, 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 that's a whole other podcast. There's gaps in my great knowledge. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody's getting a spanking today? Just hey, that. shout out to the travel guy. We both love our paddles. Um, you got my, <laughs> you've been wanting to do that. No paddle Fuck wars. Show, show everybody your, your paddle again, real Love quick. It. Yeah, Let's it's so awesome. Paddle, baby. Right? This guy nice nailed it. This tribal, this guy, tribal guy, this at, tribal guy. At, at this tribal guy on Instagram at commercial and check him out on Etsy. It's etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash this tribal guy. I mean, just go you on can, Etsy. Yeah, I'm sure he's got lots of stuff that you can order right there this on is custom online, but they, he can also do something custom like this. Yeah, it's amazing. Bo, you're up next. Have you thought about what you want to do? You get the next um, one. I don't know if it's wise for anyone to try to interpret my life. Yeah. yeah. I might, if, if you don't take it, <laughs> I, if he does another one, I might do something for myself personally so that I can hang it in the in the home gym. I love this one. I asked for one that, you know, something to do with the podcast. Yeah. Right? But uh, you. I, you can't take yeah. it out of here. Yeah. 
That's, I definitely that's part of here. Yeah, well, I told Bo I'd, I'd like to. I mean, it's good here. It looks good here, but I'd really love to to like kind of put it on the wall or something, like have it hanging. Yeah. In the next studio. The next. We were studio? talking about. Are the we next moving studio. on up already? I within the next six months, definitely no before the end of the year. Way. Within the next six months, there'll be the next iteration of this, and it's going to include. Is this podcast doing shoot. good, dude? It's doing all right. Yes. But remember, but in, six months, <laughs> in six months, it'll do well enough. I do. To I do have a, another business. Got a I've had a job and another business that dude, helps. I love that you love doing this. this. I, I thank I, you. I fucking love it. I love it. I love meeting people. I love giving shit away. I love being involved with the scholarships. I love being involved with the nonprofits. Yeah. You know, Warriors Next, We Defy, Troop Welfare. Oh, we're gonna let's let's uh, hey. let's drop in the Troop Welfare uh, Troop interview Welfare. into this episode, Bo. I was just talking to Chris too. Yeah. Let's uh, uh -huh. let's uh, let's uh, let every let's introduce everybody to Troop Welfare right here. Hey, Chris. How hey. you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this opportunity. No worries, no worries. Uh, I, I know I had COVID. Then I think you got COVID. Man, I had COVID, And yeah. then Miguel got COVID. <laughs> and Bo says he got the flu. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, my my nephew says, if you don't get tested for COVID, you did, you could never have COVID. That's 100%. So just don't, 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 get, right there, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get tested. So I'm glad we finally got to catch up, uh, you know, uh, for... Uh, for the listeners who follow us and listen to every episode, we've been talking about you, I think, throughout pretty much the month of December and, and parts of January. Yep. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what the Troop Welfare Foundation does? All right. So Troop Welfare Foundation, we're, we're still a pretty relatively new nonprofit. Um, we're dedicated in helping service members find healthy coping mechanisms for mental health disorders such as PTSD, anxiety, depression through martial arts, physical activity and recreational activities. You know, there's a ton of nonprofits that are out there right now, but our founder found a void in all of them and wanted to fill that void because we saw that not all service members were getting the help they needed. They most nonprofits tend to have stipulations or requirements to be able to get their, their um, input or their help, whereas we don't really have any. Um, our biggest restriction that we have is funding. If we could, we would fund everybody for this training. But, I mean, as most nonprofits, you know, funding to be able to sponsor people. Like, right now, we're sponsoring, uh, actively sponsoring two individuals, one out of Colorado and one out of California, and talking with two others one in Washington, one in Oregon, to sponsor them at their academies. Okay, that's that's a uh, that's really important. And uh, I also just want to add, you know, and I'm it, it sometimes it could get misconstrued as PTSD, and and it shows itself with anxiety, and it shows itself with uh, coping. Uh, is is actually you, what happens a lot is people join the military at 18, you know, right out of high school. Uh, sometimes they come from. I mean, I've uh, I'm a veteran. I've I've had soldiers that I've been in charge of that are from a town where they've never seen a four lane road. They've never had a cell phone. Yeah. You know, it's not saying that it's a bad way, but I'm just saying Overwhelming. That they, it's it's just it's not only that, but I'm saying like then they're in the military for three, four years. Sometimes they re up, they do eight. Sometimes they have a full career like Chris, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. About to retire. There's this thing that happens that when you get out, you have to like reassimilate to to civilian life. Yeah. 
And there's things that you're not used to. Like you can't talk to people a certain way. They can't relate to the things you relate mm -hmm. to. You didn't go through um, like what you would consider like a civilian uh, normal path of life, like out of school into college or maybe straight into the workforce and then some some supplementary school and stuff like that. Yeah. So like you really do feel like, oh, I can't relate to these people. And, and they don't do, there's not much in the way, we talked about this with Drew way back and Chris, maybe you can address this a little bit. Is there's not a lot other than like there's like I guess like a class that you guys take when you're going to come the, out of the military. The what is that called? Like out processing, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's they like don't a transition readiness seminar that we in the Marine Corps. That's what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And how long is that? What is it? Like one day, so, a few hours? The, no, it's I mean, the Marine Corps has it. And I want to say other ones have it, but it's basically a week long. Then you go, you sit down, you get shocked and blasted with a bunch of different information from different people. Mm -hmm. um, and then they send you on your way. You got to do some uh, online training and then pretty much that's about it. Yeah, but no, yeah. I actually agree. I mean, when Marine Corps, when service members get out, regardless of how long they serve, you know, you're in a different culture. Now you're going back to civilian world. And sometimes they don't find that purpose, you know, when they get out and they have to find, or, you know, veterans have to find a new purpose when they get out because the last X amount of years was the military. Yep. Yeah. So what's the, in your mind, is it like, I need to get my hands on a, a vet, somebody who's just coming out of the military, as like before they're actually getting out? Because, but what, what seems to happen is we're getting them once they've, they started getting, having problems. Well, like the damage is like done. The, yeah, yeah, the PTSD is set in and they're having drug and alcohol issues and they're fighting with their wife. It, how much better would it be if we were getting them kind of like right as they're coming out? Like almost even like, I don't, you know, I know a lot of guys train, you know, in the military, but can we get them like as they're coming out? So like they've got this new brotherhood as soon as they get out versus, hey, we're getting them once they start to have issues. And then we're presenting them with the I solution think, that is jujitsu. I think the word needs to be put out. And mm -hmm. then as as a problem would occur, then the sourcing uh, or the implementation of the solution needs to be. But like if the like if and that out processing thing, maybe. If it could get, you know, thrown around to all the bases, it's like, hey, these things are available to you as a person. Is that not happening now, yeah, Chris? Right? Is that, that, that happening? That is there happen something anymore. like that? So it, it, it's one of those things that the, it, there's information out there. Um, and I always tell my Marines this all the time is you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And there's a lot of programs that are out there that I'm finding even now after serving 19 and a half years. I was like, I did not know about this. You know, I did not know about that. And like what you were saying, though, was if we catch them early, you know, or just helping people transition, getting them the sense of camaraderie or the group, you know, then that's going to be able to help them mentally and physically. And that's one part of our mission statement in Troop Welfare Foundation is, you know, to help out with recreational activities. Right now, coming up in May, we're actually going to be having our first annual virtual 5K, 10K, and we're still in the process of building it, but we're doing that kind of doing more of a camaraderie building and our future, we want to do get-togethers. We want to go on hikes, camping, you know, bring that camaraderie back together so we can have the brotherhood, the sisterhood, and, you know, deal with our issues together because that's what veterans tend to miss all the time. And, and I know from looking at your, your Instagram, it doesn't just say jiu-jitsu. It says martial arts. Are, are you a martial artist yourself? No, I, I normally do train jiu-jitsu. Okay. Um, I just haven't due to some injuries, but I'm going to be getting back on the mat because it is phenomenal. Um, our founder, Ruby Galima, He's a black belt out of California, and he's owns has he has his own academy called Lokahi uh, Jiu Jitsu in Temecula, and he's the one who got me in Jiu Jitsu years ago when we worked together. 
and it's phenomenal. Like I loved it. And like, you know, the, just getting to the map is the hardest part, but once you're there, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yep. And that helped me out a lot mentally. And I mean, the board directors tend to have a lot of jujitsu experience, but um, one of our newest member on the board, one of our new secretary, he's a civilian and has zero affiliation with the military. He's one of my best friends from high school, but he also has competed and done triathletes, marathons, and Ragnar, so he's going to bring that outside aspect into True Bofer Foundation to help push us forward in the direction we want to go. Okay. Right. Yeah, those are those are tough. Triathlons are tough. I took on a, I took on a bet in my old job, <laughs> and I did a half Ironman. On, you were already training with training. us, weren't? Were you training with us already? I remember Not, you getting in shape or something. something no, you like were run, you were running a lot. Yeah, I was doing and, I was doing ultra marathons, so okay. that's anything longer oh, than a marathon. <laughs> And, uh, but Hey man, you know what? That stuff helped me. Like I didn't, I didn't know about any of these programs when I got out. I was just, I was just like, okay, I guess I just use my GI bill and I go to school, you know, but like I never, I I had like several jobs while I was in college Yeah. and they all sucked. And it wasn't like, I'm used to, I'm used to a sucky job, like sucky jobs are sucky jobs, like whatever. But like the best part about jobs and I mean, very relatable to the military is like, being in the military kind of sucks until you learn how to play the game. And even after I got out, like I don't really miss the military, but I miss the people. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I really do miss the people. And the closest that I've gotten to it has been, you know, training with you and like the, the interactions that we've had and in the gym. And then when, when I do these runs, you know, like these mar- these ultra marathons or whatever, like that community, the ultra marathon community is so much nicer than the triathlon <laughs> community, dude. Triathlon triathletes are probably the most aggro people I've ever met my whole entire life, dude. I've had my head shoved underwater by like a 50-year-old lady just trying to swim ahead of me. <laughs> they'll kick you, they'll do whatever they they'll grab your foot like yeah. to swim ahead, dude. They'll they'll draft behind you on the bike. Oh, wow. You know? It's so, serious so, out there. So Chris, how can we, not just us here at the podcast, but how can how can the community help? I know specifically you guys recently posted about recruiting ambassadors. Tell, yes. tell us a little bit about the help that you need, financial help, people, you know, let's put the word out. Yeah, let's get it out. Yep. So um, we're always actively looking for, you know, team members. I got a lot of messages after we pushed out the initial message beginning January of, of recruiting. People are asking, what qualifications? What can I do? I mean, honestly, the qualification we're looking for is to be a good person that wants yeah. to help service members. That's it. Um, you know, we all have different experiences that can bring collectively to the table, something phenomenal. Um, right now we are, we are looking for director of development, um, event planners, a social media manager, because it does take a little, a little bit of time for social media interactions and then fundraisers. Um, you can donate on our website at truebookfairfoundation.org. Um, visit us on Facebook and Instagram. We do have those. I manage a lot of the emails and a lot of the Instagram. So if you want to reach out, reach out. I would definitely love to have a conversation. Um, we're very friendly and very open. I mean, all the people are on board. Yeah, we do have a lot of Marines. I mean, majority, we started off with all Marine board directors, but this is for all service members. This isn't just for retired, active duty, or, you know, reservists, Army, Navy, Air Force, or in Coast Guard. This is across the board. A service member, whether they're active duty, retired, transitioning or whatnot, we want to be able to help them out transition, find that new sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, or in a sense of community and prosper in the for, uh, going forward in the night. 
So it's not just for guys that eat crayons, right? It's for, no. for everybody? Yeah, it's for everybody. Am I allowed to make that joke as no, a civilian? No, I'm not. totally not allowed <laughs> to make that joke. You're not. Just so everybody knows we joked about that before we came <laughs> we on. <so. laughs> I do, I I do was, not have permission gonna, to say that. I was going to crack a so, joke about so letting, then, so letting then Coast Guard in. Bo can't say show. us anymore then. If I can't, if I can't say that a Marine eats crayons, then Bo can't say us. Hold on, Bo. Have you taken one jujitsu class? Not one. Oh, yeah, you can't say. He's not been choked yet at all. No, but I I do know what a Kimura is. There you go. I think once you get your first stripe on your white belt, you're allowed to take an MMA. You're allowed to say, oh, let's take an MMA fight. You know, whatever. You know, do the shocker, right? You know, once you get strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't do that either, Bo. You can't. You're not allowed to do either one of those. You have to take at least one class. I'm a long-haired beach guy. One I can class. do that. Oh, true. Yeah, he's got the he's got the beach bomb thing going for sure. I've so, always been. Valid so, Chris, we're gonna we're gonna put your information, uh, the information for True Welfare. We've done it in a lot of the episodes already. Yeah. Um, we're gonna put your information into the bio and the description of uh, you know not only the podcast, the sound you know that uh, you can download from like Apple, iTunes, and Google Play, but we're also gonna yeah. put it in the uh, uh, in the description on YouTube. Okay. okay, and then uh, we'll we'll make sure that we keep you in the. Um, I I think we still have you there in the link tree on yep. on Jujitsu Dummies. So at Jujitsu Dummies on Instagram, click on that link, and uh, Troop Welfare is, is pretty much there at the top. And uh, if you want to donate and support, uh, and and just look, Chris, let us know what else we can do. If there's anything else that you you want to do with the podcast, um, you know, I I know this it may sound strange, but giveaways are always good. Like if you guys. If you want to give away some T-shirts and we do a little giveaway or something, just you know, just drum up some some excitement about what you guys are doing. And uh, sometimes it does take you know, got to throw a little something out there, and, and then people start following and uh, yeah. and start uh, getting involved with the message and 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 are more apt to help yep. once we no, do that. No, absolutely, and that's so. what we're, we're trying to do is we're trying to find a good vendor for the additional swag that we're doing and getting it up on the website. I got a guy for you. I got a flow flow and roll. Uh, he's actually. Yeah. Uh, Sean from Flow and Roll, I'll put you together with him. Amazing. Uh, oh, he's, he's an amazing. And look, besides just being amazing, he does like, uh, he's our custom gear sponsor on, uh, yeah. uh, his gear is so good that once I got his rash guard, I decided to move, we're slowly moving our entire podcast store over to his site. So oh, nice. he's, he's printing our t-shirts. Uh, I just got a quote on keychains because, you know, mostly what we do is with, with our swag shop is I'm giving it out to guests and we're doing giveaways. Yep. So yeah. uh, he's got our t-shirts. We're about to do a keychain. A mug okay. and a custom rash guard that's uh, oh, branded great. for both of us. But his gear, not only is he a great guy, but his gear is awesome. And I'm not, that's not BS. Every rash guard that I have has like the little fuzzies, fibers, the, the fuzzies, fuzzies start yeah. to come out right yeah. away after one wash. I've had his rash guard now for about three months. I wear it every week. Not one fuzzy, like the material doesn't come out. It's got like a little elastic waistband so it doesn't come out of your shorts and fly. Awesome. awesome stuff. Like the gear is just incredible. Yeah, so, he's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll put you guys together if, if there's anything that he could do, you know, and like, again, he's, he is putting our stuff up on his website. So like, I don't even have to touch the stuff. I'm not sure that he would do that with how many other companies he would do that for, but yeah. that's kind of our agreement so that I don't really have to touch anything. He prints that's it, perfect. keeps it in stock and then sends it out for me. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's what we're doing. Cause you know, he's uh, he's just a good guy like that. So I'll put you guys uh-huh. together. I'll, I'll introduce you guys. Whatever happens, happens. But uh, again, he's a big supporter of the show and, and uh, he's a veteran as well. So uh, maybe Great, you guys man. can do something. So Chris, Absolutely. listen, we're going to let you go. I appreciate you coming appreciate on. We'll put this, uh, you know, we're going to have this at the end of our Amanda Levy episode and okay. um, you know, we'll uh, you know, again, anything else we could do, just let me know. All right. Well, you know, um, just right. uh, do one thing is reiterate that, that we are going to do the 5k, 10k in May. Okay. Um, May, it, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's why we're kind of focusing around that. Okay. Um, 
we're still, I'm still, I'm working with run roster, getting that set up and still finding some more information or getting the, the swag, the, the metal in this shirt. But yeah, if you just tell your guys or your, uh, your listeners that that's coming okay. for them to keep an eye out for, for it. sure. Yeah. What you do is too, uh, you know, we're, uh, we have a, a really good social media presence and a lot of interactive oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, followers yeah. that, that really interact with the stuff that we put out. So yeah. please tag me in that stuff. Just as yeah, a reminder, yeah. if I don't see it, I might not be able to repost it, but I'll repost it to our stories, repost it on our page. Okay. We'll throw our support behind whatever you got going on. Okay. Same. Awesome. Now, yeah, don't, ha- don't hang up, but we're going to say goodbye. And again, let us know if we could do anything else. All right, man. All right. Perfect. Thank All you. All right. Ready. Appreciate you. All right. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a Marine, but yeah. <laughs> Go check them out at Troop Welfare Foundation and Troop Welfare Foundation. It was, is it .org? Did he say .org? .com? I believe so. Yeah, let's double check yeah, that. Yeah, let's double check it. Let's double check it. Hey, listen, I'm just going to hit that little airplane guy. Yeah. I'm reposting his stuff. Actually, I think I already did, so go ahead and check .org. out. .org. TroopWelfareFoundation.org. You can get on there. I, I know that they have some... Uh, some swag available yeah, sure and do. you can actually donate on the website as well. So let's give them some support. We yep. love, again, you know, they, look, got, a, we they love... got a virtual uh, 5k, 10k coming up in yep. May. And uh, they're and... looking for ambassadors. They are. So... I just reposted that actually okay, very during cool. the little break. Thank you. Uh, dude, Thank I you. didn't do it for you. you so are I did it for the troops. Was are... that while I was posting our, yeah, our, <laughs> just <laughs> so everybody, if you jump over to TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> At Jujitsu Dummies Podcast, you can see in our new TikTok. But in our Brazil, new Matt Enforcer instructional, where we're trying to get off the ground. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. It's obscene. One, it's just... one second. In Brazil, do you think there's a whole country of people saying chick chock since they can't pronounce the T's? Thank you for the burpo. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It was um, fresh. And... I don't know what you know, happened. Belch, belch, <laughs> blue belch. Eh? That's what I did. Right? <laughs> Chick chuck. Yeah, but I think the cheese Teenage. like in the middle of a word. No, no, is no, when no, you no, get no. The ch- what about what about when Felipe says teenagers? <laughs> he doesn't say teenagers. He, like does, he says teenagers. Does, does he? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, he does. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him. I'm just gonna see him next time. Say teenagers. Where are teenagers <laughs> yeah. from? The teenagers? They're from their parents? I don't know mm. how to answer that. All right. No man, where are you going with this? Yeah, I don't all know. I'm saying is, in our Brazilian oh, community, we love him. you very much. Obrigado. <laughs> very much. Uh, Everything's yeah. Very much. Well, much ends in ch. But check out our chickchock. That's what I'm saying. He had. All to, right. He had to. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you guys sticking around. <laughs> um, peace, love. Peace, love, jujitsu, baby. I wore the shirt the other day. Got a compliment at Publix. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Oh, s- <laughs> Sweet.